What is up, everybody? Rajay back here again with another Drink Beer Live Hopley episode. Appreciate you taking some time to listen to the podcast. Let's go ahead and get into it, and hopefully you do enjoy. Yeah, I'm looking for a Hothman. A Hothman? A Hothman goes by the name of Rick. Not here. Are you a Hothman? I could be. What can I do for you? Friday night, you can see me at War Game. Bring all your Hothmen. Because I will have Moondog Spot, Moondog Rex, and the Monkey Brother. Yeah, I'm looking for a Hothman. Goes by the name of Rick Flair. Don't know him. Can I leave a message? I guess. All right, write this down. Tell him it's Big Dust. Okay. The American Dream. Okay. Tell them to meet me Friday night, Starcade. Meet you at the Starcade. Yeah, Starcade, Friday night. Uh, I don't know what you're wasting your time for. Is this Baby Doll? Baby Doll, I know that was you, you Jezebel! Hello, I'm looking for some horsemen. I've got plenty. How many you need? Four. Four horsemen. Yes, sir. This big dust calling on behalf of Crocker Promotions. Can't hardly understand what you're saying, but... Sorry, I got a little bit of a lisp. Uh, what about Chris Benoit? Oh, he did. Sorry. No, I don't really know what you're talking about. Is this J.J. Dillon's? No. Don't lie to me, J.J.'s. You and I go way back, Jack! Well, it ain't J.J. You got your own person. Don't mess with the American dream, J.J. My eyes are open as big as silver dollars, Jack! Well, you got the wrong guy. You and I, J.J., leather strap match. Justin Rhodes is the master of the strap match. J.J. Dillon, you a yellow dog. It's the lisp. It's the lisp that sells it on that one. So, <laughs> what is up, everybody? We are back again for another Toss One Back Thursday. And uh, why not start it off with a laugh? So, had to play that one in a while. So, I figured I'd throw that up there and... Uh, Welcome people in. So, <laughs> welcome back to the real world. To you, exactly right. A couple weeks away. I was back on vacation last week. Now I'm back and everything. So good to be back in the studio, so to speak. And uh, got some got some good beer news stuff talking about this week. I bet you already know one of them. Yeah, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna get, we're gonna get into it. But uh, great to see you again, Todd, my man, and happy Thursday to you and. Uh, same to you, same can't to you. I can't believe we're like mid-April. It just seemed like last week it was like getting into January, right? I know. Like, it's already flying by. It's yeah, like yeah. A couple weeks, it's going to be derby time already, and then it's just like all downhill from there. Yeah. yeah. Like you know, right in the middle of summer, and it gets hot, gets whatever. It's like, ah. Speaking of derby, it's kind of funny just because, you know, where I lived at, and you came up there, you know, we're both – we're within like an hour, hour and a half of Lexington or whatever. Because, you know, we get the Derby and stuff. Then I moved to Baltimore, and I'm driving the other day a few weeks ago. And I'm like, huh, I feel like I should know this area. I'm driving on Preakness Drive. Right. Like, I I <laughs> like, I can't get away from the horses at all. They're everywhere. I mean, <laughs> one leg is 
triple crown to the other leg. Yeah, if I move to New York next time, I'll really hit the the, the crown there, triple there crown. Yeah, you'll be triple crown. Just looking around, like this kind of looks familiar. I, I see the horse track and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, never too far from the horses, apparently. So uh, <laughs> welcome to everybody in the house tonight. We're going to throw up the. Do I have the banner? There we go. Bam. And we got uh, we got Jimmy in the house, cuffing stuff. Cheers, my man. Good to see you. Hope you are doing well. Y'all haven't checked out Jimmy. Make sure to check him out. He's always got some good stuff grilling. Got James in the house, JT. It was. <laughs> the sad thing is that, you know, it was said anyway when Dusty died. But the guy that was doing that, Kid Chris, his crew, they would do the different wrestling ones. And when he died, he really couldn't do it anymore. So... But they had one guy that would do macho, and they had another guy that would do some of the other ones. And I haven't seen him put any up in a while. I don't know if WWE might have put the SmackDown on him. Pardon the pun. Possibly, yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah. Now they do like one from Heaven, you know, Heaven or whatever, where they do all the dead guys. Oh, I forgot about the Heaven one. I do have that one too. I haven't done that one in a real long time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that? That was from the PMW Postmortem Wrestling. That's right. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I forgot about that. <laughs> the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, that, that was, that's yeah. the classic one there, too. So, uh, speaking of wrestling, who was your favorite old time wrestler back in the day? Oh, man. I did like Macho Man. Yeah. Macho Man. I was never like a huge Hogan guy. I mean, everybody always liked Hogan, but I was never, he was never, I don't know. I never leaned towards like the big famous people. Because yeah. even like Michael Jordan back in the day, like I know he was the greatest, whatever, but right all through school, I always just got tired of hearing about Jordan all the time. I was like, I liked him, but I wasn't a big fan of his, <laughs> which is dumb to say now. Like, like, you like the Brady Bunch, Marshall, 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 Michael, Michael, Michael. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> man, let's see. On top of that, let's see, man, that's a good question. Uh, probably overall, I'd have to say Macho Man. He was, just, he was just a nut. Yeah, I, I I just think when you watch it with like your friends or whatever, or siblings or maybe I feel like there was a wrestler that would come out that would get you you know pumped up and you like want to start doing more. like for like I always like Superfly when Superfly came out you feel like you yeah, want to jump yeah, off, yeah. off of the bedpost on somebody yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was one and then um, I was with the Ric Flair fans so I always try to put people in the figure four back in the day yeah the figure four and then when uh, uh what you call them, um. Shawn Michaels came out with the sharpshooter, I think. Well, I think it was Shawn Michaels that had that, that one. Was, uh, that was Bret Hart. That was Bret Hart with that one. Yeah, you try some stuff there. Yeah, because uh, Shawn no, had like, complete chin music. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know. As far as, like, like, tag teams, I always like the British Bulldogs for tag team. Oh, they ain't talking tag. Well, see, tag teams for me was Real Warriors. They were my well, favorite when they came out there, yeah. <laughs> you did a whole wood or rush, and, yeah, get them on the shoulder, and they turn around and come on top rope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rowers were, were pretty bad together. Yeah, yeah. they were. Was that, oh, was that yeah. Hawk and Animal? Was that, was that them? Was that the Rowers? Yeah, Adam and Hawk. Yeah, yeah. And they came out of WCW. We used to watch right. them on Saturday, and uh, they were kind of like the rough ones out of there. And then they came to WWE. That was like a big thing at that time when they came over. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody, they started to come over, they're like, when the Rowers coming? When the Rowers coming? Right. <laughs> they finally showed up, started wreaking havoc. Yeah, slap into a Slim Jim, Paul. Undertaker favorite. Undertaker was, was was good as well coming out. And Undertaker is actually kind of funny. So I watched a story on Undertaker on YouTube. 
I think it was just like last week, and he was doing an interview talking about how he came up with the Undertaker thing. Like he was another wrestler when he first came out, wasn't really packing stuff in or whatever. And somehow he ended up getting a discussion with this man that. calling him, and he's like, "Is this the Undertaker?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's the Undertaker." Like and he just he got he kind of lucked into that name. I saw that, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then kind of didn't he? What didn't they say? Like he presented it to whoever I don't know if it was McMahon or whoever back then. Yeah. Well, I think someone came up with it for him from what I saw in the interview, but then I think someone presented it to him and they called him and then he said he was the Undertaker. So I don't know if he presented to somebody and they told this man about Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it was funny. And you look at some of the old stuff like Stone Cold before he was Stone Cold, like he was just Steve Austin and had like the long blonde hair. It's just totally, yes. totally different. Yeah. It's just funny how the wrestlers change. And then turned into what he turned into because that was like the complete opposite from what yeah. he was. <laughs> Almost kind of went from like a pretty boy to like a just a well stone cold badass. Stone basically. cold, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the days. Crushing beers. Ooh, and... Figure four to a few of my day. <laughs> yeah, I put the figure four on some people. The funny thing is when you put it on someone, you didn't know how to get out of it. You're like locked and someone's yelling for their mom or something. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to get out of it. <laughs> One's twisting one way, one's twisting the other. So, <laughs> just like still, just like still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only watched wrestling in the early and mid seventies. Was produced out of a gym in Memphis. Those were well, the earlier days were back. I guess, I guess when wrestling really started was in the forties, maybe or thirties or something. When they showed some of the old footage and stuff, where it started to kind of catch on and stuff. But like in the early eighties, I remember like Bob Backlund was like champion. He was just like. It's like he never really had. I mean, he was popular, like that. I never see. He wasn't like the characters we see nowadays. It was just like yeah. this regular kind of guy type thing. So, the old Memphis wrestling. That was the old uh, Jerry the King Lawler coming out. Yeah, Jerry the oh, King. Come out of there actually. That was the kind of the up and coming. Come through all the big dudes. Come through there. It seemed like. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. Kane the Undertaker. Bruce Prichard came up with it. Yeah. Yeah, because he credited Bruce Pritchard and he created uh, credited the uh, guy that Paul Bearer as well for getting him over to it. But yeah, but it was just so funny because then later they brought Kane, which was like supposed to be this long lost brother as part of their story or whatever and stuff. So, but people forget it was Kane the Undertaker. Dusty Rose bio was up on YouTube, and uh, yeah, Dusty was always a fan favorite. Yeah, Crossface Chicken Wing, Bob Backlund. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think during that time in the 80s, I got more into Sergeant Slaughter because I would try to put Cobra clutches on people. So that was kind of a move I liked, too, back in the day. Put the Cobra clutch on someone. So. <laughs> so like, Come here, maggot. You just put the Cobra clutch on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the things we did, we did as young boys there. So got us some beers here. Going to drink some beers. I'm trying to think what I wanted to crack open first. I actually just grabbed a couple cans because I was like, Everything in there is kind of like stuff I want to do for reviews for the most part. So I went with a couple. Well, I went with one classic. The other one's not really classic, but the brewery's kind of a star of the craft industry now. But I went ahead and grabbed the Bell's Two-Hearted IPA to actually check out here tonight and enjoy. 7% ABV. And, of course, Bell's, again, we talked about it before. They've gotten on board with a 19.2-ounce can. So that's what they're using for these as far as if you want to get some of the singles, and I see more people actually doing that. So I'm going to crack this open right now. Hadn't had an IPA in a while, so I figured 
Why not tonight? Yeah, that's what I'm going to pop open to. An IPA? An IPA. Ooh, yeah, well, I think I, I think I told you the other day. I think I was it that they just came to distribution this week or last week, but we started getting Phase Three Brewing Company out of Illinois. Oh yeah. So I stopped and picked a couple of them up today just to give them a whirl and see. So which are you drinking a Phase Three now? Yeah, this one is the DDH Full Sounds Double Dry Hops Hazy Double IPA Citra Mosaic and Amarillo. Comes in at 7.7 ABV. And there's the uh, in art for that one. Nice. Yeah, I've heard, heard good things. Uh, I've heard good things about them. Yeah, I have too. So we've got a couple of big breweries that come through in the last couple of weeks. Phase three. Um, shit, what I have? Uh, I gotta just drew a blank. Hoosier Brewing just came in, which I got a couple tonight, a couple sours from them, which they've, stuff I've had from them is really good. They're up near, uh, kind of just south of Indy. Okay. But probably, I don't know, maybe 20 miles from south of Indianapolis. You know what I get before that? That was the, uh, oh, Weldworks. Weldworks came. Oh, Weldworks is good, too. They actually, I have yeah. one of their uh, collabs with other half, which is pretty solid. Which I had had their sour on here a couple of weeks ago, the banana, yeah. which yeah, that was really tasty too. So, so I've had some pretty pretty good ones come up here in the last couple of weeks. Nice. JT said even IPA weather has arrived in Chicago. I'm rocking a dove, dovetail Baltic Porter. It was freaking 80 degrees today. Too soon for me. Well, we were like 87 here. Yeah, we were. Let's set on my thermostat in my car. Coming home, it was 85. So. Yeah. But it was like 49 this morning. So it goes from still the 40s in the mornings to the 80s in the afternoon. Well, speaking of Dovetail, we'll have to see if our buddy Big Daddy makes it in. He actually posted a photo. He was actually at Dovetail today, JT, oh, having right. a beer. So he posted that on, uh, I think he posted on Twitter. So it looked like a nice day to be out there enjoying it from what he shared there. I was thinking about walking over a brewery earlier today to see what they had to bring on the show. And I was like, uh, got outside. I was like, it's a little warmer than I thought it was going to be. So I just, I'll walk this way. I go this way. You go that way. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to walk about a mile in that heat right now. Mile up, mile back. You know, and I think, I think we're supposed to get low again next week. I believe. Well, now, now they're calling. Well, Sunday is only supposed to be high of 60, and then Oof. low to mid-60s the start of next week. So There you go. It's supposed to be 74 tomorrow and 80 on Saturday, I guess, somewhere in there anyway. I'll take the heat over the cold. I mean, not too hot over the cold. I mean, I like to keep it, I think keep it between like 50 and 80. I'm happy. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to – I don't want the extreme it's, it's heat. Definitely, it's definitely double-edged sword because I don't like it super cold either because it's like too cold yeah. to do anything. But I don't like it too hot either because it's too damn hot to do anything. But I don't, yeah. I, I'd take the hot over the cold. <laughs> People in San Diego are like, I don't even know what you're talking about because we're always I, 75, right? Yeah. <laughs> Although this year, this year they may have had some weird weather with the stuff they had out I there. I don't think everybody's had weird weather this year. Yeah. 
of course, last year you were when you were in Florida, or last week when you were in Florida, when you messaged me, we were getting tornadoes and all kinds of, sh- all kinds right. of shit around here. Which is really uncommon for this this time of the year there. I feel like everything's just shifted to our area now. Well, that, I don't know if you saw or not, but the new layout of the map, they had the Tornado Alley pretty much shift east now. Yeah. So when they show the new alley now, it's just kind of just west of where you're kind of at. So you're still kind of on the outskirts of it, but it's definitely shifting in that direction sure. for what they're showing there. So, of course, no one's been able to predict Mother Nature right all these years. So maybe they'll go back or something, too. You never know. Yeah, so I guess it was last Wednesday last week. I was driving. I was pretty much driving straight through. I could hear the I could hear the sirens all the way home. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was talking to my mom on the way home. Oh, I usually always call her on my ride home on Wednesdays just to say hey to her and stuff. And then she was like, "Well, don't call me if you're." I was like, "I'm already in the middle. I couldn't even hardly see driving home and all the people." Oh. Like, yeah. You know, that's the day, that's the day I told you to look out, be careful, or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm already drove 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 in it now. And then by the time I got like ten miles down the road, I was already out of it. So I was like, it come super fast through. Yeah. It was cool. But man, yeah, it went from it went from a decent looking day to pitch black almost. And yeah. you know, five o'clock in the afternoon, I was like, uh oh, this ain't good. Yeah, this morning I got up, I started working, I flipped on the TV. I don't know if you saw or not, but Fort Lauderdale, their airport was flooded. It was just closed until 5 a.m. in the morning. Like out where their planes aren't going to, the rivers overran from weather and stuff down there. Like I've never seen that happen. Did they get like, is that where that, I just saw something just before we went live. Maybe it was in Florida. Somebody got uh, 24 inches of rain in like a 24 hour period. Is that where that was? I might have been. I mean, they're just right north of Miami down there. But I was like, I used to fly in that airport all the time back like in 2009, 2010. And it's got flooded. Like, it was crazy. There's that cars that were stuck all over the place, like emergency trucks, everything. So what is up, Vanessa? Cheers, my friend. Good to see you. Yeah, she was 87 today as well. They're supposed to get 95 plus tomorrow, which is crazy, like up in Connecticut. So. Yeah, that, yeah. Like, I would expect that down in Texas a little bit more. Texas would have some weird stuff, too. Yeah, we think, like, in the Northeast would be, you know, still mild weather. Yeah. All I know is I had another year without any snow, and I'm okay with that. Just saying. <laughs> one day, maybe, and then it was gone the next day. So that's the kind of snow I like. Seen a couple flurries. That's about it. What's up, Double D? up? TD in the house. JT saying hello to everyone as well. So, yeah. Yeah, now that I've actually, as I was telling Todd earlier, got my taxes so I can actually put some more time and doing some other stuff here on the channel and bringing up some other things. After coming back, that was kind of the last thing I needed to really get out the way. And uh, need to hit some of the breweries, need to get some of the beer stories, all that kind of stuff again. Um, it's funny, I just did a clip a clip of that Coors Light versus uh, Miller Light video I did. It's like almost a thousand views on it, like in a day. I'm like, like a 15 second clip, just like clipped a part of it out. It was like, I was like, huh, that's interesting. So, that didn't like, then it seemed like those old school, or you know, just the macros always usually do better anyway. It seems the macros yeah. can depend in they can depend on which one it kind of is right now, but. The funny thing, and because uh, actually, funny JV's in the comments. I was talking to JV. I was like, well, let me 
trisole here because I've done other stuff with it before, but it was just like it was crazy. I just think it was just like time. And now, funny thing is, I had to wait for it to clear first because it had to run through all their copyright stuff, which is kind of a pain in the butt now. But yeah. JV says, cheers, guys. It's too soon for curtain jokes. Hope you guys are doing well. Never too soon for curtain jokes. <laughs> Never too soon for the curtain jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think next week, because I didn't have time again with this week with everything, next week I'm going to bring back a trivia. We'll do trivia next Thursday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the yeah. trivia match. So those that want to put up their beer knowledge and play to win a gift, I'll get that set up for next week. Vanessa, and hey, Vanessa as well. Uh, dude, that's the most perfect green screen possible. Todd is an engineering <laughs> genius. So, yeah. I am a genius. He's a genius right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that boy's a genius. So that being said, I guess we'll jump over to some of the beer news. I was waiting to see if our third correspondent would be here, but I know something came up on her end. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, make that jump. <laughs> Ah, uh, so it was nothing really possibly happened this week in the beer world, right? Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing major anyway. You know. Like that, like, all right, it's the biggest story of the week, so you got to jump into it. Bud Light has the beer world talking, taking sides, supposedly swearing off the beer due to their teaming up with Dylan Mulvaney. First thing I'm going to note is I don't even know who Dylan Mulvaney is, so... I know more about Dylan Mulvaney now because of everybody like losing their damn minds out there. But the whole thing is just to me kind of crazy. Like the whole thing, like they're basically getting upset. And the whole Kid Rock video, like Kid Rock, still relevant since like 1992. I don't even know. Like, what are you out there shooting up your cans? I mean, you pay for it, so you already gave the money to Bud anyway. I know. Like, yeah, what's like? And then I see like. Um, that ain't make no sense. Now I'm seeing yeah. country singers are like, oh, we're not going to sponsor. It's like the whole thing is like, so basically you're going to lose that shit crazy over Bud Light doing something to try to show inclusion for a group or whatever. It's like, you know, I and people have their right to protest and not want right. to do something, of course. I mean, I don't drink founders because of some of the racist management they had. So, you know, everybody has their reasons for stuff. But it's kind of like... I think you can take it overboard on some of the things. Like it's just so become so overly dramatic that now we have the musicians that are saying what they're doing. And it's funny just because what I'll say is, so if you're not going to drink that, what are you going to drink? Because um, yeah, there's a bunch of other beer companies. I guess you'll have to cut off too, right? That you won't be able to <laughs> really sit there and enjoy. So you're not going to go to Corona, right? Because Corona, you know, you're not going to go to Guinness because Guinness, you know, they did what they did. Miller Lite? No, nope, can't go Miller Lite. How about Coors Light? Can't do Mick Ultra? No, no. Heineken? No, no. And that's just a few of them that are just noted out there right now that are some of your major things. And I think of the people that usually drink Bud Light are same people that kind of usually drink Miller Light. That kind of drink Coors Light. They're all in the same group of the people. And that you're kind right. Of, right. So what are you going to do? You're going to go Modell or whatever. Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to switch off of it? So it's kind of like switch to whole, liquor, I guess. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I guess Mad Dog can use them to start buying their stuff. I don't know. I don't know where you're going to go at with this type of thing. It's just kind of crazy to see people going. 
as overboard as they actually are right now. Now, Bud has actually taken a hit, AB and Bev. They are actually down like six, I think it was six billion under market cap in the last couple of days or whatever. They're a large company though. They can earn stuff back and everything, but it's kind of like, it's just a weird type thing to kind of see that you're basically trying to penalize a company that's just trying to include others. And when is it a point where it's just like, you know, I, just, I think back to just the stupid stuff people do with athletes, like burning jerseys and stuff like that. And it's just well, that's like, what I was going to say. It's like, especially in the Bud Light stuff, last week you saw a bunch of TikToks of just dudes like emptying your beer fridge or whatever. I'm like, didn't you already pay for those before any of that even come out? So why? They already got your money. They don't give a shit if you pour it out. Or not. They already got your money off of that. So why don't you just drink it? You already paid for it. You're going out there, you you bought it, and I just gonna go destroy it or whatever, and you can go spend somewhere else. But the funny thing is, let me get to this next part, right? So that leads into this other thing. So now we got a guy out there, and this guy used to run one of the uh, Trump teams or whatever, so another thing. But no, that's the wrong one. We got a guy that's actually trying to blast him and basically starting the conservative right wing beer. He said to avoid market perversion to little children as an anti-woke type beer. And it's like, first of all, who the hell is marketing beer to children that you even think like, <laughs> it's gonna, like, why is your children looking at beer cans in the first place? And the whole thing about the whole anti-woke, I think I see people say that, like, I don't even think people even understand what it means to be aware of others, which is the whole woke thing. And maybe the background or differences you have with them just to have that into account because the opposite of woke is just ignorance. And who wants to walk around and just plain ignorance? I mean, ignorance is not bliss now. It's willful. And it's just like, if you want to do that, you can do that. But at the same point, it's just like, I got, I don't know what to do with you. Because I bet you for these people that are saying they're going to boycott Bud Light or Anheuser-Busch, they don't even know all the companies they, they own out there. Bush right, owns so right. many beer brands. They're like, oh, I'm not going to drink that. I'm going to go over and drink this. They'll go grab Goose Island. You know Anheuser-Busch owns Goose Island, right? They'll go drink this. You know Anheuser-Busch owns this. You know Anheuser-Busch owns that. And it's just like, you don't even know. That's the well, whole thing. Like yeah, it's kind of like what you said. It's like, what are you going to drink now? It's like it, everybody, you know, Bush, Bush, or, you know, Bush owns, Anheuser owns yeah. <laughs> a bazillion companies that, most, like you said, most people probably don't even know that they're even ownership of them. Right. So it's like, and then another we got fun- that all together, I guess you're just not going to drink anything then. <laughs> and then another funny thing that brought up, somebody had put out there, I see a lot of people that drink Bud Lights, all these bars, they drive a lot of Ford trucks. You know, Ford had a campaign too. So you're not going to drive Fords anymore? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where do you draw the line, right? And it's just like, that's ignorance. That's the whole anti-woke, I guess. They just don't know. They don't know. They just don't know. And it's hilarious to actually watch them go through it. So, Knock yourselves out. Good luck with it. But if you're listening to Kid Rock and Marjorie Taylor Greene as your leaders in the front, I don't know where you're going to end up at. I'm just saying. So, what, <laughs> so I know like Travis Tritt on the country. Yeah, team. Travis Tritt was another one, which is I funny. Didn't really, I didn't really see what he was saying or what was going. Was he just boycotting that too altogether? He was boycotting. Was it's funny because someone showed him he was boycotting Bud Light as one of his sponsors. But then they also, they also said also to Travis Tritt constantly. They showed him one of his jackets like, hmm. You might be in drag. You might be with that jacket you're wearing. <laughs> just, just going to throw that out there. So it's just like. <laughs> yeah, you might. And you just don't know it. We're just trying to help you get over the edge. That's all we're doing. Again, it's just not all the layers seem to connect. Not everything seems to click. It's just whatever is taking place. But 
it's kind it's of just, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things where people aren't happy unless they're got unless they have something to bitch about or yeah. unless they're bitching about something. You know, it's like the, I feel like the other countries look at America like I don't even know what they're doing over there anymore. Like it's like it's like it's like, it's like we're behind a wall where Frank is waiting for the meatloaf and old school, and we don't know what his mom is doing back there. That's America. She's back there trying to straighten America out. That's why we don't see her come out. Mom, mom. I don't know what's going on being back here. We are the meatloaf. <laughs> so that is one thing there. Uh, let me take a look here. Comment. Oh, JV said for the uh, genius thing, um, Todd greater than Einstein. <laughs> Thank you, JV. At least probably somebody's figured yeah. it out. Emerson in the house. Cheers, my friend. I'm enjoying the Imperial Pine of Lagunitas. A little something, something, something in my chilled Rod J beer pantry's mug. Loving, living a good life. Very nice. Yeah, so he ended up winning the Stein there, and uh, glad you're enjoying it. And speaking of Lagunitas, for those of you don't know, if you haven't looked for it yet, Waldo's is out for this year. So it's a tr the triple IPA. I think it's like 13.7 or something, I believe. So yeah, they can get into four. I don't know it's four or six this year. I can't remember offhand. Yeah, it used to always be in six packs, I think, but I don't know what it is. I, I, saw, some, I saw some pictures of four packs. That's why I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I haven't yeah. seen it yet this year, but I've seen advertisements for it. Yeah. Well, you've got a total wine near you. I know I looked thing, and I didn't go to the one I have here, um, but I know they usually get it. And I did see some of the total wines south of me or uh, west of me actually had it out there too. So okay. So you might be able to find it there. And uh, well, you got your one guy that's open, find a new shop. He hasn't opened that new shop yet, right? Like that was the old owner. No. Yes. But no, and come to find out, it was so stupid. I didn't realize it was when he put that on there. It was an April. April Fools! Oh, he got yeah, you. Yeah, got so mad after he's after he figured out that's what it was. I was like, I'm so dumb. Just, I'm totally that. I wasn't the only one though. Everybody else was always there. Everybody else was like, oh, they're all stoked about it too. And I was like, you do know what day it is, right? I was like, oh shit! I was like, I have to build it. He got so you with the old. Seat. Got you with the old got him, got him. <laughs> He's done that in the past too. When he was the owners of it, he was like, "Oh, I sold to Walmart or whatever." They come across and they wanted to buy the, you know, get yeah. in the craft beer market stuff. Yeah, he's done those for years. I should have known when I saw that. I should have known. Yeah. <laughs> right wing bigotry period. Every macro brewer advertised it. Yeah, I mean, it's all the community and the thing about beer. Beer is an inclusive beverage in itself. I mean, people have beers that have discussions and debates, whatever it may be. It's like to draw people in. It's an easy one to actually do that. I just think like beer, I've always said, like the ultimate elixir to actually grab one. It's an hour so what to have a great conversation. So obviously it's going to be part of all the different communities. We got Angie in the house. Cheers, Angie. Good to see you, my friend. I just don't, I just don't get that part of it. Like you, you mentioned founders, but to me, that's a whole different. That's that's a whole. Well, different, yeah, you have founders that were a whole different genre of things going on there than what Anheuser Busch was doing with the Bush Light. In my well, you no, I mean, you look at founders. Founders was more exclusive exclusivity. They were basically trying to exclude out You're right. a class of people, right? Versus right. Bud Light trying to include everybody yes. into have that, yeah, that's what totally, I'm saying. yeah. That's a whole can diff different avenue, which it makes sense of why you would want to boycott or anybody in general like i don't really drink i haven't bought founders since probably all that's went down but yeah like you yeah. said 
I've got founders that I've had downstairs in my basement that I bought free all that. So I've already paid for it. Why not drink it? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not giving, I'm not going out and giving the money and like the Bush Light thing. Like all those people who are already dumping it. I'm like, you already paid for it. Why are you throwing it? Send it my way. I'll drink it. I don't care if you want to get rid of it. I don't have the video of it. I should have, I should have tried to find it before the show. So I saw a video of one guy who was dumping all his Jack Daniels stuff because he was complaining they went too woke. So he was like, oh, this is my Jack Daniels wood inside. I've had this and blah, blah, blah. Not anymore. Throw it in the trash. Glassware, all this kind of stuff. And I'm just watching it, cracking up. And I'm like, wait till he finds out the formula came from a slave that made Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> His mind is really going to be blown. <laughs> yeah. Right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's just funny, like, just watching people just like, break down on these things and it's like seriously like you know again you don't have to like everything out there but it's just like it's funny watching and just seeing how people can kind of act now sometimes i wonder if it's just like for an attention grab you know what i mean just trying to to do something like that in the world of social media we live in now like people are doing this just to be like an attention grabber i think some yes and i also believe there's still some that are just like I don't know if you want to say stupid, naive, whatever, like throwing your shit away after you already paid for it, whatever. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. I just don't get some, some of that stuff. I just don't, I yeah. don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm too open-minded about that. Because you're woke, Todd. You're woke. That's why. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe. That's what happens. <laughs> hey, we got RS in the house. Cheers, my friend. He likes the beer, not the can. That's 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 your call there. That's fine, you know. Um, I mean, I don't know where your daughter is because she was supposed to be joining us here too. But yeah, right. Maybe, yeah. She made that call into work actually, because I know that can happen sometimes. Um, and if we're not trying to craft beer, those folks are super woke. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's the thing, right? So you look at the craft beer community. They've got all kinds of stuff where they've teamed up with different groups and stuff like that and everything. So it wouldn't go over really for those that enjoy craft beer as much as it would maybe for some of the macro types. It's a totally different uh, situation in my mind. Um, not everybody in craft beer may be on board with it, but it's not like I don't think you'll see anybody going crazy with doing stuff like that. Um, it is no, more. Plus, there's so many varieties of companies out there that you're just like, okay, well, I'm not going to buy their stuff yeah. just because of x xyz whatever it's all just about yeah. there until they come out and do something if they don't like then they'll buy something else i mean there's always going to be something yeah that one individual is never going to like period not to mention the economics of craft beer versus macro beer you pay a little bit more you kind uh, of, yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe man but i'm not going to throw it away right <laughs> you know, let me right. just get rid of yeah, it right <laughs> this is so a transgender spokesperson makes others lose their shit there's like like spokesperson yeah right so it's just like yeah they're all losing shit over it because of the spokesperson they chose the team but like chose to team up with there i don't know we, we're also in a society where people lost their shit over the m&ms right that whole m&m debacle type thing and it's like you're talking about an imaginary piece of candy and you're upset about that Again, other countries probably look at America like I don't know what their problem. It's like we look at other, like I'm looking at France right now, and they, they're riding over there because they got to retire at 64 instead of 62. I feel like 64, we got to go to 67 at least right now. It might be 69 by the time I'm done. Too. Yeah, like you know. So I guess it's all where you're at, where you see crazy stuff. Like, <laughs> oh. 
Uh, Angie Emerson. Let's see here. Uh, perhaps learn self control. Well, I don't think I don't know if they can. I don't know if they can. It's just it's crazy because you I mean it's kind of fits that market whatever profile that segment because they're all like in the same type of segment. I keep seeing like you're seeing these singers. They're all country singers that are actually doing it. Um, there was even a bar over in Florence, Kentucky, Todd. There was a quote of a thing where they. They actually, they didn't take offense to it, but they stopped selling Bud because nobody was buying it and everything. Oh, and yeah. like some bars, are, some bars are being hit. Some bars are sitting on cases of Bud right now. Hey, Bud does not age like craft beer. So <laughs> you got to make a decision drink, on that. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like. There I, also are... wonder, I also wonder the after effects also of like the people they're like, I'm just going to go support it because of, you know, whatever. Oh, there are people that are doing that now. They're going out and buying it because well, of the support. Yeah. Well, Shannon being, Shan, you know, Shannon does, or as she is, she's like, she drink, you know, we usually get Miller Light and Ham. She's like, and we drink Bud Light. We've drank Bud Light too for years before that even. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to go back to Bud Light just because I want to, you know, to support them or whatever. I'm like, that's fine. You know, you do it. You, you can get yeah. it. I know I'll get that for you instead, you know. Not a lot of difference from one to the other anyway, but I'm like, you know. So yeah, I'm, I'm you, just wondering if on the other side of things, like how much more that's drawn into them than people exiting it from them. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's more exiting in the people that are coming in. Because I would think so, too. There's some people like like myself. I'm not really drinking Bud Light. Because I'm not a big Bud Light right, fan. Right. So it's kind of yeah. like there are some, especially like a lot of craft beer drinkers who don't have that taste for Bud Light or whatever, even though they might be more aware and stuff like that and everything, it's not something they may go to. Now, maybe some will start picking up some stuff like that and everything, but I just feel like you lose more out of some of the ones that were Bud Light because it's just looking at the demographics of it, I think that's where their base kind of was. So, But the funny thing is, again, like where are you going to go? Because all the other beers that are teaming up are also macro. Like I said, so somebody's probably like, "Oh, I got, I got rid of that Bud Light. I got a case of Miller Light instead." Well, Miller Light's done their stuff too, like I just showed. So you're right. right? <laughs> yeah. Like you said, so where are you going to turn to? What are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you're going to go to the store. That you got any beers here that aren't teaming up with transgender? Like, what are you going to do? So it's kind of like <laughs> you can't, you can't, like you said, you can't really go into the craft world because. So many of those support that anyway. They just may not show it that way, but you yeah. got to dive in deep to figure out, you know, who's who's. It's like, okay, forget that. And I'll just go, I'll just go to Seltzer's. <laughs> yeah, you, you go into craft world doing that, you're going to definitely get probably the asshole look, I think. But like I said, unless you do like the one guy I mentioned who's basically trying to start his own thing or whatever, but it's kind of like, Good luck with that. And I heard that the price of the beer is actually more than Bud Light anyway. So now you're going to try to benefit off it, but charge more people than what they would have paid for Bud Light. So that's not going to last for too long, I think. So yeah. I saw that. I was hoping I was an April Fool's type thing, but it's not. It's actually out there. So I'm not going to put the guys thing up there because I don't want to give them any more press than I have to. But it's just like, right. that's just the world that we're in right now. Um, my fours work quite well to repair my Nice to have the Mustang Ford fix or repair daily. I mean, you know, you can roll with the Ford or some people would say found on road dead. I never had that happen to me, but, <laughs> but no, Ford does, Ford does. Okay. I think depending on what you get. I mean, 
I think all car companies may have something they may not be as great at. I mean, obviously, unless we have Mercedes and everything. But even like some of the high end cars, people say once something goes wrong, it's costly to get it fixed or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. I mean, we've, for the most part, only owned Fords, but also uh, half of my family retired from Ford. So my dad yeah. and my aunts and had some aunt and uncles that worked there. And then her side, her dad. Didn't work directly for Ford, but he was a truck driver. He drove the piggyback trucks where he delivered to Ford trucks, you know. So he was didn't necessarily work for Ford, but he was driving the Ford stuff to the dealership yeah. or whatever, you know, for his whole life, basically. So it's like, you know, we got the employee discount or whatever. So I've never really owned anything besides a Ford. Yeah. It's funny. One of the guys I used to work with, and I used to sell insurance, he was one of the other agents. He ended up getting a deal with the, uh, I think it was a Ford plant over in like Ohio. Um, and he drove a Toyota, but he had to go out and buy like a Ford, like something like a lower end Ford just to drive. Cause he, they're like, don't you drive a Toyota to that parking lot? <laughs> yeah, they, they still do that. They, uh, yeah. so I got my cousin works there and what do you have? He didn't have a Ford be, to begin with. And they're like, they don't even let you in the lot. They have, they have a whole separate lot for non Ford drivers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need rules, you can't come in. They ought to give a, a way more discount to the people that actually work there, not just like a friends of the family or you know family yeah. or whatever like if you actually work there they should give you a i thought if you worked there you did get a pretty good deal though well like my dad would get and he he was i think he was allotted i think the rules have changed a little bit now but i think at the time he was allotted like two family members and they would get like three percent below dealer cost okay so the dealers weren't necessarily making anything off of them but they were you know they were getting lower than what you could go to the lot and buy buy from them yeah. but i'm saying even if you work for them they should they should at least just to get their name out even more as a sort of an advertising type thing like why don't you sell it to them for half price like for god's sake they're the ones that built it so you yeah. know give it to them for cost or whatever you know yeah i mean you could build it in until you know you work here five years ten years whatever the number is and you get it for just percent it off that'd be a heck of a benefit for some people and then and then and then you know my dad worked there for 30 well, see, he he worked there for three or four years before he went into the Air Force, and then got honorable discharge because he had uh, what the hell was it? I forgot what the hell he. Why are they discharging? But he was only in it for like six weeks. We went back to Ford, and he got some of his time back, but not all of it, I think. And he still worked another thirty years before he retired. Yeah. But even if you work there for that long and you retire, they should just give you a car as a retirement yeah. gift. Like, you don't have no do payment for anything. Yeah. Here you go. Thanks for thirty years of service. Here's your car. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What are they? That's not many. You know? Yeah, yeah. Forget the watch. Give me a car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, Gilbert's drinking a Kona. I don't think I've ever seen you drink a Kona. Big wave, gold now. Been warm up here, sun even golf. You golfed. Wow. Gilbert's becoming cultured. <laughs> See, Gilbert hit the golf ball, the bear taking it. He's chasing the bear. I'll give my golf ball back. 
I want to say the clubs that Gilbert has to use for those. Isn't he like six six or something? Yeah, he's got to be some long clubs for. Yeah, he's got <laughs> like <laughs> like two clubs twined together to make them long enough for him to swing. Yeah, yeah. You got to wait for the uh, the joke. There, it's, it's going to be a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> see here uh, apparently Travis Twist record sales have been slumped apparently I mean it gets you in the news so it'll probably pick up some sales I mean there's probably other artists that are jumping on board and saying this and then they're probably getting picked up by people uh, gives I prefer Mac myself Mac trucks <laughs> uh, brother and I finished Forming the patio pavers and two sunny tire patio and all around fire pit will be finished. Oh, nice. So, a couple more weeks and it's all set right in time going into Memorial Day time. Nice. Yeah. Perfect timing there. Do you say yes? That guy burned a $250 bottle of Jack. Jeez. Again, if you're not woke, you're ignorant. So, <laughs> maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't know. Just saying. I mean, yeah. Yeah. People, people never cease to amaze me. <laughs> I'm not supporting you, even though you already got my money. But I'm not supporting you. You're never gonna see me throw it away, but I'm gonna throw it away just because. <laughs> Watch out, Angie JV's a stalker sometimes. <laughs> <You say. laughs> so if I put a Gadsden flag and a Pride flag up with my U.S. flag, what would happen? Well, actually, where you're at, Vanessa, probably nothing because you're in Connecticut. They'd be like. Just pick a flag. You don't got to put them all up. Just pick one. one <laughs> yeah. Which one do you want to fly? It don't matter which one it is. Just pick one. We're confused. <laughs> <laughs> said, I kind of don't think the Dome Mulvaney thing is about GBT. thought he was trolling for the longest time. I kind of feel bad for what it's playing. I hope Bill doesn't take up weightlifting. I don't know. I mean, everything there was kind of basically the way – I saw stuff happening. I don't know about the trolling or anything like that that was taking place. I just know when they showed the can with uh, Dylan on it, it kind of brought up all these issues and stuff. So I don't think I don't even know who Dylan Mulvaney is. It was more because of everybody getting going crazy out there that got my attention. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't know who that person was either before yeah. all that. Uh, okay, you caught me. <laughs> uh, people need hobbies and stop watching news. Yeah, people do. People need to do some other stuff there too, right? Hobbies, maybe read a book or do something else. One hundred percent on that, Gilbert, for sure. Yeah. But you're edu- you're in Canada. They'll be bringing your education down here, Gilbert. Yeah, right. <laughs> you're not, you know, we can't have smart people. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, there is no common sense anymore. I'm with you there, Andy. There, I've said that for numerous times. Common sense has definitely sunk to an all new level. It seems at times in this country. That's at the bottom of the totem pole for sure. <laughs> Uh, I think they came out and said Social Security nine years until it dumps. Of course, that's what we know when I'm supposed to probably get it. It'll probably be like, oh, we're out. You're out. Like, you know, it's like you finally get to that point in the front of the line. They're like, oh, you you just sold the last one. (laughs) 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 That would be my luck. That's why you got to make sure to protect yourself. You can't. You got social security out there, but like we got to be able to also build up your own stuff too, because we all know, at least here in the states, relying on the government is a dangerous thing sometimes. So you want to make sure you prepare yourself too, just in case. Make sure you're saving, which Americans are terrible savers for the most part. But we're getting better. We're getting better at it. 
Oh, like you're hammering YouTube, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't even give you a definition of welcome. That's not going to let you marginalize me anymore. Those days are over. Yeah, I mean, it was, unfortunately, it's not just that guy. It's people that are freaking running offices, running, you know, states, you know. One was president, so, you know, it was just kind of weird. <laughs> it's just like, but again... I'm not gonna. I'm gonna leave the education stuff alone. Just gonna leave it alone because I, I can versus that one. Yeah, <laughs> lives getting hammered on YouTube. Yeah, pull my finger or finger. <laughs> Either or, avoid, Kara, avoid Kara or avoid Karens. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for the Karens. I think we were talking. We were talking about that a couple weeks ago. Like we did. Yes. Yeah. Like. Women that were named Karen had to deal with it. I mean, Karen's going to be a dying name in the American lexicon at some point, like just like Margaret or something. You don't see a lot of Margaret's nowadays, but Karen's going to be going that way at some point. <laughs> uh, can you imagine the horror of, of obligating yourself to drink Bud Light as a form of protest? You really got to believe in the cause. You got to be dedicated, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. Trying to get that Bud Light army up. What are we going to do? We're going to go support. What are we going to do when support? We're going to drink Bud Light. How much Bud Light? All of it. All of it? <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. yeah. Are, are you sure? You, you, really? Okay. Can we just send them a check? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to go in hardcore if you want the Bud Light. I'm allergic to rice. <laughs> It'll be insolvent nine years. It was in parallel percentage. Yeah, it was it'll drop down. Yeah, it, it won't be insolvent, but um, you know, there's always those fears and stuff out there. Right now, we're just trying to get the parties to work together so they can keep the debt ceiling in balance because that next thing will be coming up in a couple months too. Twenty percent decrease, but a lot of folks are security must. Oh yeah, it definitely do. It definitely does. It hits. Been in the financial industry for over thirty years, and there's some stories of even today where people just get hit. Better imagine. light beers out there don't make you fat. Mullet having country singer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of the breweries now are making light lagers, craft breweries. You can go to craft brewery and get some light beers. Like, um, you can get lager, like garage lager, like Braxton was putting out there. Um, but there's some that are doing that more now. So you don't have to go macro either. One of the local breweries that we've been going to, they they just come out with a pretty good lager a couple weeks ago. It's 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 pretty tasty. Yeah. Uh, Twenty thirty two. Nothing changed in funding it. Taxing the wealthy would help a lot. Well, that's the whole big thing before because of how much the what a tax code is set up, how much is not being put in. That's really where it's straining a lot of the people in the economy that are like kind of that lower type level of stuff that really need the social security but um it's funny because like people talk about how high our tax bracket is now people don't realize at one point our tax bracket was upwards of 70 80 percent um back door like i think it was during what was during truman or eisenhower it was about like the 50s i think um where it had been high before and so the economy still plugged along so don't want to take everybody's all the money, but just saying, you know, they always say your fair share, which I've never been a fan of a fair share. For yeah, Nobody fair really knows what that is. The United Way is bigger than that. Oh, just donate your fair share. But what's my fair share? Is that what I think is fair or what you think is fair? Because there 
probably two different numbers. I would think so. I think their meaning is what you think is fair, but it's not ever enough for what they think is fair. Right. (laughs) Fair share was never a phrase I've ever been a big fan of. Again, it's like, what do you mean by that? Yeah, like you said, (laughs) move the capital tax will income for Social Security. That would help. That would help. Uh, well, I just saw a survey headline over 18,000 cows die in Texas dairy farm. No, I did not see that. Oh, dang. Wow. Well, I guess That's a lot of cattle. Milk and all that stuff will be going through the roof now. Milk, beef? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I know what kind of cows they were. Were they dairy cows or were they beef cows? Because oh, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, depending on which ones they were. Like, let my dogs out. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Todd. 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 That one barks every time the other ones move. Uh, the amount of wages taxable under Social Security. I meant remove the cat. What's my family worked for and drove GMC and also worked and drove Mac? I showed everyone else. <laughs> GMC or Mac are two good, two good lines. But I always think of Mac like with the dump trucks and everything. All right, yeah. Hey, Sarah. You will find what fun to watch. Who's the best vehicle you ever owned and liked the most? The best vehicle I ever owned and liked the most. What I liked the most was the Dodge Charger when I had it. Um, that would probably be my best one, too. Hmm. For me, probably my 93 is Ford Escape that I used to have. Really? Okay. Yeah. And then my, my daughter, our daughter drives the 06 Escape. It's the exact same model as what I used to have, and I like it. it yeah. When we got it for it, it only had like 100,000 miles on it. Yeah. It's actually, knock on wood, it's been pretty good, pretty reliable vehicle for her, so. Well, you're funny. You said the Ford Escape, and I actually one time we had the Mazda Tribute, which is yeah, basically the same, the same type of thing. So and that was a nice, it was a nice little SUV as well. And yeah. I do like the Grand Cherokee that we have now and stuff. But getting that Charger up over 110, 120 on the highway, you know, I only did it like a couple times, but with that Hemi roaring, it's it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even feel like you're still moving yet. So I always wanted to think like if I got one and take it out to like. Um, What's in Utah, like the salt tractor or that, everything, and just you could just take cars out as fast as you want to go. Let's see. What's my brother might have a Cherokee. He's got a Jeep something. It's a it's an SUV, but I, I don't know if it's a Cherokee. It might be a Cherokee. I'm not really sure now. Well, they got so many different versions of the Cherokee now. Yeah. 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 And then my mom, she's got a, she drives, still drives an Escape. And I think hers is an 08, I think it is. Yeah. It's nice. It's barely got a hundred thousand miles on it. Hers just barely has a hundred thousand miles on it. Or maybe now, yeah. maybe it's got a few more than that now. But and the only thing I saw that was an issue, and I had it with the Charger, and when they first brought out the Dodge Avenger, I had one of those back in the day. Is that both of them, when they got near a hundred thousand, you started having transmission type issues. So it's like, if I got another one, well, now you can't even get the Charger. We're going to stop making it. But I would be like, oh yeah. Get at least one. I wouldn't want to get the full thing. Probably. No, I remember. I remember as a kid, my mom used to have a. I think it was a '76 Impala. Oh. 
Oh, okay. It was nice. That was one of those you can climb up in the back window seal or whatever, you know, before it was all the seat. I don't even know if it even had seatbelts in it. I don't even think. And then they also had uh, Oldsmobiles. They had two yeah. different Oldsmobiles, I remember, which I drove one when I first got my license. It was an old 84 for, uh, Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. Oh, Cutlass Supreme. My mom had a Cutlass Supreme. And, and it was nice. And she yeah. Was, it was like, she, I remember, that was, her and I were dating maybe when it, we, I was still driving it. And she's like, this thing floats like a butt. Like, it is such a dream. It just floats. Like, you don't even realize. Like, yeah. I believe the year was 1986. And we had just come back from watching a movie me and my buddies, and we were out back when, back then, roads weren't as crowded and stuff, so we were on one of the back roads, and one of them happened to say, I bet you can't get this up to 120. <laughs> oh, you don't think I can get up to 120? Strap in, fellas. We're about to take it, took it down the road, started coming up. It's 70. Hit the 80. The 90. People started to grip the leather, like, okay, okay, bring it down. Bring it down. No, you said you won at 120. We're going to get you to 120. <laughs> Ended up hitting 120 and put the brakes down and stopped just in time before a stop rate, a four-way intersection. This was like at 12 o'clock at night or something like that. Kind of crazy. It's one of those things when you're young, you don't think you think you're invincible, so you're not going to die or something like that. Can't say it was the smartest move I've ever done in my life, but boy, <laughs> was it exhilarating, right? So, <laughs> right and back then, we didn't have social media, so nobody had it on video. <laughs> right, yeah. Prove it. Prove it. <laughs> And in my first car before this Oldsmobile was a 85 uh, Ranger, Ford Ranger. Yeah. Which was when I first got my license. My dad had it and they gave that one to me. And then they had some kind of a gasket problem and then they were getting rid of their Oldsmobile. And I was like, I'll swap you. I'll take that one instead and you can get rid of, their, of the Ranger. So that's how I ended up with the Oldsmobile. <laughs> and then when I bought my first car, which was on my own, which was the uh, Escape. Mm-hmm. Three escape. Yeah, the first car I bought for myself was the Zuzu Stylus. Yeah, you know about Zuzu. People think of like the SUV. Yeah, they made cars at one point too. So it was a Stylus, and it was kind of a smaller. It was, remember when they had the Geo Prisms? Oh yeah, yeah. It was kind of something like that. Oh, okay. Thing, just kind of like yeah. It got up. It had some speed, like little Fast and Furious, one of those like four cylinders, but yet it has some type of acceleration on it, but. Yeah, you should think of Suzu. That's that's the first thing that always pops in my mind is like the Jeeps or yeah. you know, the small SUVs or whatever they were. Yeah, got that back in '93. Moved to Kentucky, got rear-ended into a head-on, and got totaled. Ah, like... <laughs> that sucks. And that sucks on those older ones because you're like, I don't own nothing on it, and all of a sudden now I gotta have a car. Yeah. Like, well, what sucked on it too because the way it got totaled and what I got for an insurance company on it, I went to get another car. I got stuck. I had to get like a Ford Tempo. Worst car, at least in my mind, ever. I mean, now if you lived in the seventies and you had the Pino and you had the the bubble type cars, the pace gremlin, like, the gremlin. gremlin or whatever, yeah. But in the nineties, the last thing you wanted to be seen in was a Tempo, and so <laughs> <laughs> maybe the K car. It was one, of, one or the other, but it was just <laughs> definitely terrible. Like those are driver's ed cars. Like, why do you want to have one of those? <laughs> You wouldn't. You're gonna be the lady killer in that car for sure. <laughs> good thing I was. Good thing I was married already, right? Like, oh, definitely wasn't gonna be dating in that one. Poor tempo. <laughs> Terrible. I'd rather have a Studebaker. Um, 
Charles Barkley, terrible, terrible, terrible. terrible. <laughs> so you drive past the basketball court real low so nobody can see you. You know, park down the street and walk back. I don't know. He's looking. He's like, would you walk here? He's like, no, I'll park down the street. It's all good. You give me a ride back. Uh, <laughs> I thought you said you drove. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, sort of. You better not tell anybody about this. <laughs> Uh, let me see here. Uh, where do you off here in the comments? I've only done two news stories here too, so I got to go back and do those as well. Uh, golf is cultured. I thought it was about to drink it. Well, golf is supposed to be good going those culture type sports, but playing golf, but it is about the drinking and stuff too. So, although if you're golfing, most people aren't going to whip out like a double IPA while they're golfing out there. <laughs> I mean, not if you're trying to hit your fairway at a certain point. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although I have been known to do that before. <laughs> be a lot of fours. It was funny when I used to, uh, when the company I used to work for, every summer they would have a golf outing. And we go golfing. And every year, like our people would bring jello shots. So everybody's doing jello shots as you're golfing in your car, and kind of stuff like that. Well, you don't have, I mean, you try to put stuff in the trash can. Most people try to, but obviously sometimes they don't and people litter or they fall off the car or maybe. That's still the worst place for jello shot containers. Like, oh, there's my ball. Nope, it's a jello shot container. Oh, there's my <laughs> ball. Nope, it's a jello shot container. <laughs> yeah. Onto the next. Onto the next. <laughs> You're in a scramble. Like, no, I'm going to go back and play his. I can't find mine. I thought it was this, but it's not. So, yeah. When I did slow pitch softball, we used to have a golf scramble to raise money for our team. Because I wanted the guys to play the, the golf shop. Yeah. I remember she used to used to drive the beer cart a couple years there for our scramble. She had such a good time. So you imagine her driving down on a, in a golf cart on the. Mm. <laughs> and I, so I said, "You're the beer girl." <laughs> Probably drinking more beer than you handed out. I'd say most popular person on the golf course <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Hey, will you grab me another one on the fridge? Yeah, it's the funny thing when you're out there golfing and you're like waiting for that golf cart, you're just like looking all around, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're hoping. On the right. And then when you see the golf cart, when the golf girl come across that horizon, it's just like, oh, it's magical. Here she comes, here she comes. Dude. Thank you. I'm an old man. Hey, <laughs> 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 there Now I'm the old woman. Gilbert had a Honda, you said. Did your Anaconda want some? <laughs> Big Daddy's in the house. Cheers, Big Daddy. Got the McMouth. So you were over at Dovetail earlier. I saw my friend, which looked like a great day. Play golf, relax me all the time. Makes me want to have a beer or two. Yeah, I find golf, for the most part, can be relaxing. But there are some frustrating moments that can happen, too, sometimes. Nothing worse than when you swear you hit a good shot and you get down there. Like, where the hell is your ball? And like, did somebody pick up my ball? Because that should have been right here. Like, <laughs> I know. I hate that. I was like, I feel like you should just get like, it's right here. And you drop a ball. You shouldn't have to take a stroke. I, like, you don't have people out there of course, to help you mark the ball. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like, well, TV is so easy because there's somebody looking for it for you. Right. right? Yeah. So it's like, you, you land out of bounds, all the people run over to it. I got it, I got it. Like, you don't have that out there, you know? Yeah, you're just by yourself, and the guy in the cart you're riding with is probably too drunk, too, to even know where your ball's at. He's like, I can't even find mine, I don't know where you're at. Simo, cheers, my friend. 
happy Friday to you. So he's overseas as well. Yeah, half two in the morning there. Yeah, you're up late. Y'all don't know Simo. Make sure to check him out. He has some great beer streams on his stuff. Um, and Simo, I'm trying to think. I want to say you're in the – I don't know if you're in the U.K. or next to the U.K., but you're right over there overseas. So I think it is actually U.K. Was U.K. or Britain? Are we going to say U.K. or Britain? Does it matter still? I don't I don't know. Does it? Because for sure. It's a good I don't question. know what happened since the whole Brexit thing. Like, <laughs> people get mad if you say the wrong thing. Uh, Liz, hey, cheers, Liz. Liz says hi to everybody. Hello, hello. Local brewery makes a nice, like, smoke Martin here. There you go. Or Merson, I should say. I let it slip there. Four Rangers. I'm on my third. I know people that like their Ford Rangers. Yeah. Ooh, Toyota like MR2. I like the new ones for sure because they look like the old F 150s. Now they just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, I know a lot of people like the new Broncos and stuff as well. Yeah. They're, they're, not, bad. they're not bad. Although it's almost like an all terrain type vehicle at some point. Yeah. Do so I remember that? There's a Ford dealership right in front of where I work at. On the in the east end of Louisville, which is kind of the ritzy part of Louisville, and they uh, they have a shit ton of Broncos out there just sitting in the front of their lot, and I was like, man, those are nice. They're, they're nice. Yeah, I haven't seen too many out on the road actually, though. I do remember the MR2 as well. That's a 280Z was fun, but not really practical for someone at six three. No, one of my uh, one of the guys he's in our, our neighborhood back in the day. Um, his dad had a 280z and he was kind of tall too but it was just like it was like a status type thing i think back then like yeah. in the late 80s early 90s whatever it was like you couldn't have been as comfortable in that car that's why you all take pictures outside the car they're all posing on the outside of it yeah you're all hunched over like what the hell's going on here yeah, Mac is the king of the dump trucks for sure. Dad drove those early days as a Mac mechanic with a Camelback suspension. Make sure you have a heavy load, son. Yeah, I think of the Mac is like the king of the dump trucks as much. I think of like Peter Bill as like the king of the tractor trailer. Yeah, as a, as a kid, as a kid seeing like the tractor trailers, Peter Bill was like the one that always had the cool frames and all that kind of stuff with it. And people used to hook him up too. I wonder what Joe D's truck looks like. I need to get a picture of his truck at some point. I bet he's got a pretty hooked up cab that he drives. <laughs> I saw we got the 121 just east of Pico, Texas. That two Texas State Troopers just gave me a warning. Yeah, you probably sweet talked your way out of that one. Yeah. Try <laughs> pull the shirt down just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, probably back then too. What like because the roads, like I said, the roads weren't as populated as they are now. You probably had some pretty good open road. Oh yeah. yeah. You got a fast car in open road. It's like it's just teasing you to hit the gas. I feel like you shouldn't be held responsible. It's just like, what am I supposed to do? It's just, you know, it's the moment. Right. They built it that fast. They built that, yeah. They built that fast. down to my 2011 Mazda. It goes up to 160. I don't believe it. But you can always try. See where you can get to. <laughs> One way to find out. <laughs> Buddy in the 80s used to have a Lacar. I remember the Lacar. Texas is a big state, but it's amazing how five can pop up when you're in the desert. Got my first speed ticket at 76 Vega with a small block 350. He cut the radar off at 100. Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, they got those places and those traps and stuff they set up. I mean, 
they uh, they'll definitely try to catch you through there. No, and that's what people are going to do. Vanessa, hey to Shannon. JT, big dame. And we said, when I was junior high school, me and my buds fit a case of OV splits with ice in a cold bag. I drank and caddied the cart, bill of purple smoke and return. Best day of golf I ever had on a fall day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure she would have Vanessa, but she's, she already left the room by the time you pulled that comment. So <laughs> I'll say half or two anyway. Yeah, it's definitely how you want to do it. Um, all right, so I got the comments caught up. Next beer news story. Oh, she said, hi, Vanessa, in the background. <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. What do we have? So we had uh, Major League Baseball, right? So Major League Baseball, for all you baseball fans out there, and Todd, obviously you played. I don't know if you're still watching the games right now. Uh, I've started getting more to watching them with the Orioles and stuff. They've been kind of exciting. Um but I, but this has come up as kind of a. I don't know if this came up last week, or a couple weeks ago as well. We were kind of. I remember talking about some like people were asking maybe about beer with baseball because baseball was being sped up now. Where it's like a two and a half hour type session. Well, now Major League, some of the ballparks are extending the beer hours later. Like it used to be cut off like end of maybe the seventh inning or whatever, and some are going to the eighth inning or whatever, and. Some of the ballparks are on board with it. Some aren't. I know Philadelphia, they're like asking concerns about it because you have people drink maybe too late into the game then have to turn around and leave the stadium. Other ones are kind of like not even thinking about it. I think they're just kind of like, you have someone on the fence like Boston, they're not doing anything as of yet. But it's kind of interesting. I haven't been to a game. I'm, I'm going to probably, I'm going to definitely try to go to a Oriole game at some point here. since like two blocks away from me, but I just feel like the way they're going and watching them on TV, they are going a lot quicker. And oh, if you I go think, to a ballpark to get a beer, are you going to be there like chugging the beer before the beer thing closes? You think it's a good idea or a bad idea to kind of do this? As much of a baseball guy that I am, I think what they've done to speed the game up is so much greater than what it was. Because who wants to watch a guy adjust him, you know, tug at himself? Hey, there's only there's probably an OnlyFans channel for that. It's probably an OnlyFans channel. Just saying. It probably is. Yeah. And then Chris <laughs> taking their time. And there was a game between, and it was like four, four and a half hours. Like, ain't nobody got time to watch a four and a half hour baseball game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you got to the point where I was kind of getting like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Now it's like back in the olden, you know, in the olden days, they never had a problem because the guy, the pitcher, let me go and they were throwing, they were done in two, two and a half hours, whatever, or under two hours. Now it's now it's kind of getting back to that, and I kind of like the pitch clock and the you know things that they've done to help speed it up. Yeah, I do like that and everything. What do you think about the beer sales? Though you think that's well, the beer sales things. I well, you think they should be. Do you think they should? I remember as a kid going over to so we got the triple A team Louisville Bats. Well, it's the Louisville Bats now. Back when I was a kid, it was the Louisville Redbirds, mm-hmm. and they were the. Then they were the Cardinals farm system. Now they're the Reds farm system. But I remember back in the day, we used to go to the games all the time. My mom, my dad, my grandma loved going to baseball games. So we always took care of my aunts and whatever. But after the game, when they when the game was over, they would have a band that played like in the cons, or I don't know what you would call it, in the commons area, whatever. Mm-hmm. They'd have a bunch of seats and stuff. They'd have like a band play and they would still sell beer forever. We'd sit there for hours after the game. Like it'd be... It'd be like midnight by the time you left a seven o'clock game. You know what I mean? Like they, because mom and dad, everybody's like, "Well, we're just gonna sit and let the traffic die down." 
course, yeah. back then, you know, there was a bunch of they had a lot of. At the time, back in the eighties, they were like the first minor league team to have in a year's time have over a million fans attend a game in the season. Oh wow! Look yeah. That. So they 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 had they had a lot of things going on back then, but it was it was. But I just remember like it was so much fun as a little kid. It was like okay, whatever, just running around and. They were just sitting there drinking beer and listening yeah. to music and dancing, whatever. And when it was done, it was like, okay, let's go home. And it, was, it was like midnight or whatever. It was like, it was no team. You don't see any parks really do that anymore. So I, I like the idea that they were lengthening the times of some places anyway. Well, I think with the minor league parks, you could do that because they're more minor league ballparks are more family oriented to have those yeah. type of things to help them raise funds, all kind of stuff that the majors are. But I think with the majors, I mean, depending on how much someone's drinking, and I've been at games, we've had like events there and stuff like that and everything. And I've seen where it's like people are like, oh, they're about to close the bar. People start chugging their drinks away so they can get another one before they actually close it and stuff. And so people are towards the end getting hit with too many of them and then they're going to go out and get in traffic or something like that and everything. I don't know. It could be, it could be right. kind of a weird situation. So I want to see what yeah, happens from yeah. it. Yeah. But I also can see that side of it because major leaguers make so much damn money and there's no, you know, Aaron Judge just signed, what, a $500 million deal or whatever. Like, they got to – shortening beer sales definitely hurts the team's income, you know what I mean, of what they can afford to yeah. dish back out. So it's like, well, you know, so we should have had a union a long time ago and kind of <laughs> – like, that was like, you know, you got a cap or whatever. They'll never get that name baseball like that don't know happen now because their union's too strong you keep getting paid after you leave like ken griffey fourth highest rate paid red right now yeah and he hasn't ken played griffey what, jr has played years in, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> like the bobby bonilla deal but better because it's more money so yeah. <laughs> but again like that's that's part of the problem i have with major league is like you've got the same team like the yankees are always going to be good the dodgers are going to be good you know you got teams that and then you also had the teams like the Cardinals who always are good and they're just a small market team, but they do it the right yeah. way. It's like, yeah, surely, you know, they do buy some pieces at the end of the year if they have a chance, but that's different than going out and just buying players after players after players to make your team. Yeah. To sell beer only certain vendors, not in a cease for the whole game. Don't sell to drunk fans, just like at bars. Well, I can tell you, I've seen bars where they still sell to people that should be getting yes. served. They still well, over, they still overdo that too, and they do it at ballparks. So, I mean, it's kind of like some workers aren't going to care because they're going to go and do it. And as people get more tipsy, economically wise, they usually tip better. So you're probably not going to cut off some of the people. I mean, unless they're falling down on the ground in front of you or something, you know. Hell, we even see that on bar rescue sometimes. Uh, it's better golf as well. Must need to sell by light only in problem solved. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll help sort things out there. <laughs> my idea for golf is always my, all the way. My idea for golf years ago was to have like a Terry Tate type player out there. If they didn't swing in a certain amount of time, you release the linebacker. You yes. hit that ball before the linebacker oh. hits you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would bring a great entertainment value to golf. That would, for sure. <laughs> Let me go to spend a day at Wrigley. I think the short games suck. Ah, 
I mean, I, I, I mean, you're going to have the different feel. There's a lot of traditionalists that like to have the mental games that take place and that stretch it out there, but some are there. The thing about baseball that gets me still, knowing that we now have the technology, it's been shown we can do it. And Todd, I'll ask you because you were a baseball player in college. Is there something where people like to have the human error factor? Because we've seen now where you can have a computer do it. A computer can pretty much call anything ball and strikes from where the pitches are done. Like when you watch them on TV and it's a pitch box, you can see if the ball's in or out the zone, and a computer can easily do that. You wouldn't need that umpire. Right. I, I, think, I, I think there is. I think there's a part of people that do like the human error side of things. Mm-hmm. Although when it goes against what they're rooting for, they don't like it so much, but they also like, you know what I'm saying? Like it just depends, but I also think it's, I also think they want that. Like they don't want to, like you said, you can, you can see on the, you can see on TV for sure. Yeah. What's a strike and what's, just cause it's a strike in the box. We see a miss. Mean, yeah. Calling it a strike in the game. So right. yeah. So I think it, I think that's, does make up. And I, I, I and saying that, and seeing like the instant replays and stuff sometimes at the end, you know, under two minute warning or whatever, whatever. I think that somewhat kind of does take away from the game a little bit in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. I was just trying to they get it right. When, you know, when they do that, they get it right. And that's kind of the end, the end goal. But yeah, but also kind of gives you things to talk about. It's like, well, if that guy would have called that the right way, that's what they would have never want, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it kind of takes away from that aspect a little bit. It's like I see it, and I'm like, okay, you could have the computer do the balls and strikes. You still keep the umpire out there in case there's a plate at the plate, and you need to see if the tag was down in time or not possible. You know, you want that human-type factor. But I'm just like, why not have the computer do the ball and strike count? And then, but and I, then I understand what Big Daddy's saying there, but it's like – even for me, it was getting too much to the too much lollygagging going on, like too much lollygagging. Like, <laughs> I mean, <yeah>. league, <laughs> bunch of lollygaggers. <laughs> but it, you know, it was like you don't have to adjust your batting gloves and your helmet every single pitch. Like, just get in there and hit the damn ball, or just you know, get in there and get ready. Like, you don't have to. So, in, in those regards, I kind of like the pitch clock because it makes you. You think you think a lot right. of players? Oh, you know what you, I mean. Like you think a lot of players do it because there is. Kansas <laughs> getting on me. She's like, you just literally said the olden times and with all that gagging. <laughs> what she's saying is she's calling me old without calling me old. <laughs> but the um, superstition factor. A lot of players are superstitious. They are in baseball. And so, baseball like some players, really, they got to do it all the time. If they don't do it, something bad will happen. And that's true. No, baseball players are the worst in any sport, I would think. Yeah. Only because I played of superstition. Like, it goes a long way, especially in baseball, for sure. But it got to the point, like you're saying, like, who wants to sit there for – especially if you've got little kids. You, who wants to sit there for four and a half hours at a, at a game, you know? That's hard to keep kids under control for that long. Yeah. 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 Well, and then there was so much time in and out, like, in between pitches. And so they have cut down, you know, the pitch clock and – now, now when they challenge a play, the manager has to instantaneously do it, for the most part, or it's it's a done deal. Like it, they don't, they can't challenge, right? The play or whatever. Now and then, yeah. So it's kind of there are some aspects of it that are good, but I understand what Big Daddy's saying. Also, it also, and Tom the Beer Whisperer probably said the same thing. Like that's just, you know, 
That's just the sport. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, he thing. would say, but, yeah, that's just, you know. It's not but they've made improvements to baseball over the other thing. I mean, this is like yeah, the latest yeah. thing now. So, awesome. I mean, I can, I can remember when people used to fight, you know, about having to put nets up on the sides. Like, now we have the nets in the ballparks, right? You yeah. have enough people who got nailed with foul balls. You're like, oh, maybe right. we should do that net idea. Maybe not only have, like, one stadium in the league that does it, right? Like, hey, you know, maybe that team was woke. That team was woke, so they put the nets up. Everybody else was like, we're not woke. We're not putting the nets up. <laughs> and kind of the other thing, I, that I, I mean, I don't like that they're doing it, but I like that they do it, is now they don't allow the defense to shift their infielders where they have, like, three guys on one side of the field and just one guy on the other side. Because hitters nowadays, they don't know how to take advantage of that one guy being on that side. They just either strike yeah. out or home run, basically. Like, the game has changed so much, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just not. It's not I mean, if you, had a, if you had a team of like Ichiro, they would kill you if you did something like that. Yeah, and it, I'm like, just what? who cares if you hit 60 on runs a game? If you got three guys on one side and the other guy's playing way back, bunt and run, like you're getting a base hit, who cares? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, on base, like, ego, throw ego aside and just get on base and do whatever it takes to win. Like, like I still have the old mentality type of baseball, but I kind of like the changes of the new age baseball that they've well. made. So I actually cracked open the big little thing, Imperial Ale. So I'm kind of drinking that one right now. Oh, no, I haven't had that one. 19.2 ounce can again. So another company on board with that, of course. And, uh, yeah, I've had this one. I got the review on this one on the channel as well. But uh, it's another decent IPA. Again, I was just feeling the IPAs today. Maybe it was the weather that got me into it. This one is 9% ABV. I just cracked one open too, but this one is a sour, fruited sour from Brewing Company. It's called Spin to Win Jackpot. It's a black currant, blackberry, strawberry, and blueberry sour. All so the this, berries. This is a new one that just came into market also within this past week. So, and I've had right. some stuff from them at Beer Fest, and they were they were really good. So. Very so nice. Like, yeah, I'm gonna, and they, they're kind of more on the sour side of things, kind of like 450 Northfish, you know. But they do make some other stuff that are actually been pretty good, also. But since I got some IPAs from Phase Three, I was like, well, I'm going to grab a couple of sours from from them and see see how those are. Here's what here almost kind of looks like a Ooh, great like a plum plum color, plum color, yeah, yeah. something, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But definitely berry smelling for sure. Can't get more of the sweetness, like sherry smell out of it. Good to Sammy Sosa. This beer has been very good to me. (laughs) 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 No, you're right there, JT. So games can definitely cost you, and you accept one or two anyway because so expensive. That's the thing. Like, you don't have, do you have, I don't think I've ever, well, I've seen some of the local parts here, at least here in Baltimore, where people will drink before the game, but it's not like football where people tailgate before the game or anything like that. You don't have really had that with baseball, right? Like tailgating type things. It's kind of like basketball. You go right into the arena if you have no tailgate. Like football's the only one that really has like the whole tailgating getting juiced up before the game. You're there for hours right. ahead of time. Yeah. All right, that, that makes me – maybe I've said this story before on here, and if I have, it's, it might have been a while. But back before my dad passed away, so when they first started the interleague play, yeah, Yankees – of course, he was a big Yankees fan. My brother's a big Yankees fan because of my dad. Now I'm a Reds fan. But so Yankees came to Cincinnati for the first time. 
So me, my dad, my brother, and one of my good friends went to the game. And he flagged my dad. We first got into the stadium. Dad flagged down the beer guy, you know, that totes the beers around or whatever. Mm -hmm. He was like, give me four of them. So he was, he was buying us all a beer. And the guy said, well, that'll be like $22 or something. And my dad looked up at him. He was like, I didn't want the whole damn case. I was just wanting to buy four beers. <laughs> my, friend, my friend was like, here, I'll get this one. Because he, he hadn't been to a game. And that's how long it's been since he's actually been to a game. He realized the beer prices have gone up. Yeah. <laughs> and we started laughing. It was so funny. It was like, oh, God. He's like, for a beer? Did he change the formula? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new recipe? What's going on? Here, I told him, he was like, I don't want the whole damn case. I was just wanting four beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lollygaggers is always one of those words you can always use at some point. <laughs> Lollygagger. Tim Buckle's my big league chew before stepping to the baddest box. <laughs> big league chew when you're a kid, yeah. <laughs> Oh, what do packs of that growing up? Oh yeah. Oh, let's see what else I remember, new. Go ahead. I remember in high school when we played in high school, one of the guys that played on our team, he used to so back in high school, you know, he wasn't supposed to be chewing chewing, chewing tobacco or anything like that. It was illegal. So mm -hmm. he would wrap up his uh gum around his tobacco and chew big old kind of hot or whatever and it was the big league chew because he could wrap it around it yeah and it all up so i couldn't tell it was chewing tobacco but i was like man there's no way that was any good like i can't you? believe it either yeah yeah that would definitely be an acquired taste uh let's see here so too bad joe's not here so genesee brewery they're actually close to announcing a winner of their specialty beer. They had a vote on it, and the fans got to vote on it. The four beers were for Winterberry, Winter Citrus, Pear Cinnamon, and Apple. And they had over 10,000 votes that were done. So they're actually, I guess they showed a picture of them. They were like hand counting, I guess, a lot of the votes and stuff. But uh question is, I wonder how many times Joe voted. Like, cause that's his brewery up there, Genesee. He loves some Genesee. So before you say, or maybe you didn't, do, do they – did they announce the winner? No, no, that hasn't happened yet. It'll be like, I think oh, okay, it's like okay. next week is when the winner will be announced. So of those four, which one would you choose? <sighs> Probably the winner citrus. Yeah, see, I was torn between that one and I don't know why, but the pear cinnamon kind of sounds intriguing. Pear cinnamon sounds interesting. I feel but like I you got any... the winter citrus kind of was like, okay, yeah, that, I could see that. I feel like if we got anybody watching that did the Bush Apple, they might choose Apple because everybody seems to really like that beer when Bush had it come out. I have had that one. It actually is really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I see Genesee, they have some neat little beers they do from kind of a craft side of things too. So I, mean, I like so the OG just cream ale, but I can't ever find it around here anymore. I was getting it, I was getting it over at Total Wine there for a little while, but by work, but I ain't seen it for the last few times I've been in there. Yeah, because the cream ale is usually I thought everywhere for the most part. Yeah, and we, get, and I don't the cream and the ice. I, I just saw the Springbok. Yeah, we don't get Genesee in Indiana at all of that I know of. Hmm. So you had to go to Kentucky when you get it. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I was getting it there for a while because you can buy like a twelve. A 12 pack for like 8.99 or something like that and i was like oh, that's a good like just have around the house beer you know just to have around for daily drinker yeah 
So we had two breweries that are now teaming up. And this kind of goes to what we're seeing somewhat in the beer world. Some breweries are being crunched. I saw a couple that went out of business here in the last few weeks. And Melvin, which is pretty popular. I haven't had anything from Roadhouse, but I've had Melvin before yeah, out of man. Wyoming. They're, they come together to announce their new uh, parent company, Pure Madness Brewery Group. So we'll see what that actually brings out. But um, I feel like you may see more breweries kind of tying into something like this. We had a few years ago where it was uh, Victory and Southern Tier. And I forgot who the third brewery is. They all got together on the East Coast. Um, but we've seen other ones that have started to do that too. So more of the power in numbers, I guess you could say. Um, Boston Beer. This is another trend that we're seeing out there. So they're actually launching their Slingers signature cocktail singles. Um, and this will come into three different markets. They're actually going to have, I forgot what three markets they were looking at, what three states they were, but basically they're going to be cocktails. I know Bahama Mama, I think is one of them, and they have a couple other ones that are going to be eight, the working the 8% ABV, get your cocktail in a can type thing that we've seen some other people kind of doing out there. So I think it's attitudes and tastes have started to change some. You still have beer but the beer numbers have come off a little bit they're seeing more maybe the younger drinkers now gravitating more to some of these things just like some of the seltzer type things that you're going to have some more experiments coming out like this so i've seen more and more of these things pop up in shelves something if you're a fan of cocktails now get your cocktail in a can and if you ever wanted to try haggis <laughs> this, <laughs> this is really with JT or Big Daddy since they're in Chicago. <laughs> Friday, they're going to be doing a beer release, their revolution, and you can actually have the Scottish dish as well. So if you feel like you want to go ahead and try that um, cuisine, swing by revolution. I've been at restaurants that have had it before, and I've not wanted to do that. So I'll right. take a pass myself. Yeah, but, pass. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with the bangers and mash. Thank you very much. But there uh, you go. If you're in Chicago and you want to try haggis, you have an opportunity to do so. Um, and then also, it's funny because I drank a Bell's tonight. So they actually have now launched distribution in Alaska, Idaho, Oregon, Washington, and Utah for new markets and now they are actually in 49 states the only state they're not in is miami i mean like oh, hawaii oh. hawaii is the only state they're not into but another thing i didn't realize though they are actually i don't know if they're considered craft beer anymore because their parent company is now a subsidiary of sapporo which technically would not make them craft beer true so that's something that have been interesting i don't know if anybody's kind of made that switch on them as of yet again it's getting into the whole labeling type thing is whether or not you're going to be to that level to really care about it or not. But it's kind of interesting to see how they get treated out there just because so many people do look at them as being their craft beer. Um, one of the top craft beer places. Actually, they just got voted as one of the iconic craft beer spots that I have on the Facebook page. So it's interesting. Well, it'd be like Boston Beer Company. They always grew outside of the – like they always change the d- – the dynamics of what makes you craft beer. Right, what, right. I feel like, you know what I mean? Like, like nobody's, yeah, they changed, they changed it for them. Sam Adams that much to, like, <laughs> to bend the rules, you know what I mean? Like, why are you doing that? 
But they were doing the barrels, they were doing that, but they, I don't think they ever changed it for the ownership clause. So that'd be kind of interesting. But well, yeah, you, that's that's for you can get bells more than you can get yingling in the states now. So oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, bells everywhere. And stuff. So I guess and that's the other thing, too. We talked about it a couple of years ago. They pulled out of Virginia, but I guess they're back in Virginia now. So I guess Larry got over whatever he was pissed off with them about that you can now get that there. Well, is he, didn't he step down from bills? Or is he still in heart? I was thinking that he might have or was going he, to. I don't actually, know. he may have when they actually went ahead and took the deal to go under the other company now. Yeah. So he may, and that's and that's the reason that led to them expanding it more now. And the other companies like need to push out to more markets. So, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, they're still making good stuff, you know. Yeah, and then down in Kentucky, across the river for you, group hopes to make Kentucky Common the official state beer, um, which would make sense. I mean, Kentucky Common Ale, which is a dark, darker uh, beer. There, I think it's a dark. I wouldn't say dark lager for the Kentucky Common. I have to look at that style, but anyway. Really sure to be. You think yeah. Know. yeah, but not just the bourbon state, but also the Kentucky Common State, which again would make sense to to have that. Um, and sad news: eighty-seven thousand beer cans and bottles were destroyed after piling up at the border throughout the pandemic. So <laughs> these were actually full beer. Like it wasn't it was just like not just like recycle stuff. This is like full. Bottles of beer, full cans. I mean, it was a wait to get into the the states. And what are you going to do? You're going to drink while you're waiting, I guess. So they had all this alcohol down there, and they just pretty much laid it all out on whatever field, and they pretty much mashed it all down and steamrolled it. I'm just like, so they were empty. They weren't full. No, they were full. They were all full. Oh, they were full. They yeah, were full. they they were full, and they put them out there, and they steamrolled them, and it's just like. I feel like you could have done something better than that. I mean, you know. That's what I was thinking. Some of the guys, some of the workers take them home, you know, or something. I don't know. Send them, I think it's a big waste, 87,000 beers. I'm sure there's people on the streets that can, you know, would have taken them (laughs) just fine. Like, who cares? Two years old, I don't care. I'm going to drink it anyway. Can't believe you're doing that. That's vandalism. Um, The (laughs) Shoes Brewery, they're actually bringing non alcoholic beer capabilities in-house through a new partnership with sustainable beer beverage technologies. So they're going to be doing a little bit more of a push for non-alcoholic beer. And it's funny, I had a thing on Twitter and a while back and Joey from STD had asked me about that, like responded to it thinking like, you know, why not all the beer type thing? I think he's was thinking that it might not be as big as it, but no, I told him there's a market out there. There's definitely a market of drinkers now that wants a non-alcoholic stuff, whether or not, it's because they don't drink alcohol or they can't drink alcohol or they just like the taste of it and don't want to get the buzz of it, which makes sense as well. So or not like way- that, like if they make it good. And like you said, if you're at work or something, you go out to lunch and you want to have a beer with a burger or whatever, like you can drink, not, you know, if it's a good like IPA or something that you can yeah. have with no alcohol in or whatever, like I'm sure there's a place, a time and place for that as well. Yeah, and with the way craft beer is now, non-alcoholic beers taste a lot better than what some people kind of remember thinking of the old St. Pauli type thing, right? So it's, if you really haven't had non-alcoholic beer since kind of in the 90s or whatever, it's like a totally different set out there. And with some of the younger generations that are drinking that are a little bit more health conscious, it makes sense for them. They're, they're gravitating towards that type of thing. So you may have a regular beer, but you may have two or three non-alcoholic yeah, just, to, yeah. just to kind of enjoy as well, but not kind of build up that buzz. 
or or if you have a person that's like yeah i'll drive that's fine yeah. i'll drive but i, I want to have the beer all i want to have a good flavored beer but it doesn't care about getting the after you know the buzz or the drunkness of a beer right but just wants to hang out have fun and feel like he's drinking a beer like that would be totally like i can get behind that because i'm like i just want to go and drink it because i like the beer not necessarily because of how it's going to make me feel you know whatever yeah so i could totally i could totally get behind something like that like if it's a good ipa or stout or whatever the, you know whatever flavor it might be as yeah, long as it is you know, as long as it was good. And I think that's one of the reasons why you're seeing like athletic brewing growing as good as they are right now. Um, they've got it. I haven't had it yet, but from what I, everything I've heard, they've got a pretty good taste of non-alcoholic beer that people enjoy. Um, I know JJ Watt was one of their spokespeople, I think. And he, so like he kept, he keeps it at home most stuff. And it's just like, you want a break, you want to kind of have a taste of a beer, but not have the full beer. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I could totally see. You yeah. Know. And then the last thing was last week. I mean, I wasn't here because I was on vacation, but it was National Beer Day last week. So hopefully everybody got to enjoy some nice beers for that as well. I know I did down in Florida and uh, got a chance to kick back and check out some new stuff down there. Went by one of the breweries. I went to the Three Daughters Brewing when I was down there. And it was an okay brewery. It was uh, people were all nice um, that I were talking to, was talking to there. Beers were a little bit lighter than what I would usually like, but it's definitely... From talking with them, it made sense for that atmosphere where you're like a Clearwater Beach and you got the heat and stuff. You went oh. some of the lighter things, so they kind of tailored to that. They were working on a 9% beer, which would have been their highest ABV one. But it's not like what we're used to seeing when we walk in a lot of spots when it's like 11 or 12 or 13 or something on tap. You were what, in the in the Tampa area or Clearwater? Clearwater Beach, yeah. Right yeah. yeah, right in that Tampa area, though. I was going to tell you. Before you went, I was like, you should go, or while you were down there, I was going to say, you should go to, like, Angry Chair, because I think that's in, I think that was in that area where you're at. Oh, okay. And they have, but they're more, like, known for their stouts and stuff, I believe. Yeah, they're in Tampa. So they're know, in Tampa. So yeah. Tampa would have been a little bit, would have been a drive, so I had yeah, to go over. I wasn't sure where you was at, you know. Yeah. Kind of, but Clearwater. Um, and it's like, it's phenomenal. Three Daughters was, like, the only brewery they actually had there. And I've bars and restaurants you can go to and try other stuff that they get from the other breweries but uh an actual brewery being there with three daughters but no it was good it was uh decent from what i had there and it was just you know a little lighter like i did. basically if yeah. i wanted like a, bar, a, a brewery that was like sessionable beers it'd be a nice little spot to pop into so so did y'all stay like right on the beach or yeah, we were like right on the beach for the most part. So yeah. Nice. So that was an easy walkout for sure. We had to cross the street to cross over to the beach, but we were closest as you can get to the beach for any building, anything like that and stuff, yeah. which was nice. There you go. And uh into the Gulf of Mexico. So let me see here. <clears throat> go back to the comments and see what we got. Gilbert said haggis is delicious. So, so he's had haggis. I would take a pass on it. <laughs> JT's in Chicago. He said, I'll pass <laughs> on the haggis, though I do love revolution. So it could be an opportunity, JT. I'm just saying it was right there. <laughs> when in Rome. When in Rome, right? Uh in Chicago, there were dozens of bars with a couple with a couple box of Ruby Field, but hardly any near guarantee rate field. Huh. 
Because they guarantee Rayfield's where the White Sox played at, right? So, different part of town. If I rarely ever see Genesee in Chicago, rarely. Yeah, I don't know what their distribution pattern is actually yeah. like. So. Yeah, I'm with you, JT, because we don't see it here either. Like I said, I was getting over in Kentucky, but I haven't seen it the last few times. Not that I go to Total Wine that often, but I've not seen it there the last few times. These, I think just before the pandemic, the craft industry reached a saturation point. I'm surprised there hasn't been a sharp decline in the sheer number of breweries since 2020. I mean, there was some that cut back and it was kind of, you know what, you know what saved a lot of the breweries was the fact that states enacted breweries to allow them to have people do curbside or do delivery, uh, things on those lines. In some state, wherever you're at, you could actually order the beer delivered with food. I mean, there were other ways that states worked with the breweries to keep some of them viable out there. Um, I think with some of the stuff that was put in place, if it hadn't been, you would have saw more breweries probably oh, fall yeah. off and everything. There was a lot done to actually adapt for breweries. And then breweries themselves adapted. They started spacing out their breweries a little bit more so they can get people back in there um, that were able to do that. And then that helped them out as well. So it's tough. I mean, now you have so many breweries that are still out there. It's just a matter of who's going to go where, who's going to do what, just because there's so many. And the cool thing about breweries is you have like community type breweries. So like every community can almost have their own like type brewery in a lot of spots. It's just got to be a community that's viable enough for them. And I was listening to one of the breweries or one of the podcasts um, earlier this week. And they were, t- they were smart. And, they, and this is something we talked about before talking about Tallgrass uh, a couple years ago. Oh, right, the, yeah. the, the brewery was like, you know, they were asked about expanding distribution. And they were like, yeah, we thought about it. But we really don't want to because one of the things we learned about the business is that you don't want to grow too fast and how you can actually fail by going too fast and putting yourself too thin in spots and stuff like that. And I think that's something that breweries have learned seeing the missteps of other ones that have come before them too. So that might be a reason we don't see as many of the client as well. People are kind of staying in their lanes, so to speak, as far as how they're actually growing and stuff out there now too, and making sure they can handle what they have. Plus that, knowing that's like the allure of the name of a brewery, especially if they start getting known for, you know, like say, let's say other half and other breweries that now they've over the years have expanded, but there for a while it was like, Oh, other half or whatever. Or 450 North, for instance, like mm-hmm. we just, I think uh, Louisville just started getting some distribution of 450 stuff. And I'm like, yeah. okay, so we used to get it years ago before they got big in their sour game or whatever, but now they don't have no distribution as far as I know in Indiana. At least not down where I'm at, anyway. Maybe up north or in the middle of the state they could have, but other safer, yeah. but yeah, it's like People want what they can't have, so in a sense, that kind of makes them even more powerful, you know. Yeah, it's like, like right. market, whatever is where I was going to. It's like now, a sudden, once things are become available, and you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, like Firestone. I remember when Firestone first came out. We were like, oh, I can't wait to get. Even though I still like their parabola and stuff like that, but I don't ever see it that much anymore. It's like, oh, what? Okay, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> like I want the good stuff. I don't want to buy your daily stuff, but although buying the daily stuff is what kind of keeps the specialty stuff coming, you know. Yeah, I think it depends on obviously the supply and demand, right? So they were supplying it if demand wasn't there. You yeah. started pulling stuff. That's what you saw with 
people that ask about Bourbon County, like they go to these spots they used to get in, and they're like, oh, we didn't get any this year because they weren't selling enough other Goose Island stuff. Right, right. So they cut off some of the uh, Bourbon County type stuff, which is, you know, part of that goes along with it. You got to be able to sustain for the other companies that are saying, our research shows we don't really do that much here, so let's not put it there. Let's put our efforts over here where we know to do better. So if a company is, they're selling a ton of uh, Goose Island IPA, but yeah, they're going to get like six cases of Bourbon County. Yes. If you're only selling a half a case, you ain't getting any. It just doesn't, you know, we're not going to reward you for not being able to sell the product. And that was the guy, my friend, the guy that I knew that had the liquor stores. He was, and that's what he would always say. He got into it one time with the, with the guy, I don't know, maybe it was the rep or somebody who's like, take all your goose salad stuff out of here. I don't want it. For now, you can give me none of the Bourbon County stuff on the, you know, that sells or whatever. It's like, I, and he was like, well, you got to sell the other stuff for us to give you more of that. He's like, well, nobody's buying it. So what do you want me to do? He's like, yeah. just take it out. So he boy, kind of boycotted him for a couple of years and finally started bringing it back. But he didn't only get like the a case of just the regular Bourbon County. Right, right. So instead, well, of selling, instead of selling it, he'd have a, a Black Friday where he would, throughout the year, he would, he would just, uh, hoard all of the specialty stuff that he was able to get and he would do raffle tickets and you got a raffle, you know, if you got your ticket drawn, you can go up and select like five different beers or whatever. Of course, you yeah. had to pay, I mean, you paid for them, but you got the chance to buy yeah, them. Win it by the so that it was, yeah. You know, which I thought was a really good idea on his part. So you got a lot of good stuff that you wouldn't see a lot of places, but but in those yeah. regards, like if you ain't buying the main, you know, the everyday stuff or whatever that they're going to supply to you, you're not going to get the specialty stuff for the most part. Right, right. And like the place I took you to before, Depths, they actually were, they would do the raffle type thing as well. Yeah. But in a way, I used to hate when Goose Island did that, but now I, I, then I got it later on. I mean, it's just basically the same way that we get rewarded for loyalty points on stuff, right? So it's just a reward system. If you actually are selling that product, the people that sell most of that product will be the ones that get the first crack at these other things. And I've seen some stores where they didn't get on Black Friday, but there was enough left over. They got the next shipment that went out. So you may not get that first one, but they still may come back to you on the second uh, time to, to give it to you as well. But you got to produce the other stuff, you know. Right. Yeah. Kind of feel like yeah. Bourbon County is kind of one of those that's kind of like a dying. Like it's not as like people don't care about it as much as they used to. No, I mean, I was, um, where was I just at? Um, I was just somewhere, and they actually still had Bourbon County. Oh, yeah, Total Wine here. They still had Bourbon County on the shop. Yeah, like, they, a couple weeks was, ago. They, they, they still had Bourbon County. County. Yeah. I, I want to say cases, but I don't know if there's actually 24 beers in a box. Maybe it's only 12. I'm not really sure for those. When they, I had, went, they had like eight or 10 of them just stacked up, just right yeah, there. Yeah, when I went there, it was like three or four they had there right in front of the shelf with them. Like people, we're walking right by him and stuff and that was like seven eight years ago you would never find you couldn't find them anywhere like no. even the regulars like you might stumble across it every now and again but you would never hardly see it like you have in the last couple of years just like they're still out there until the next one comes out you still even see you know last year's on the shelf or something oh i could try i probably i'll go up to new jersey probably for mother's day to visit my mom and if i go to one of the liquor stores I'll probably end up stumbling across something else still be on the shelf there because they get so much other stuff that come in. Like oh, you right. mentioned like they get like the parabolas and all that kind of stuff that I'm always getting and different things too. So it's like I go into stuff now and I can still see like some of the big bad Baptist type stuff that people 
that's what I was going to say. He's like, never be able to show. Yeah. And that's kind of went away that we used to get here. And I was like, yeah. I guess they weren't selling or didn't get enough of their normal stuff. So they just don't get none of the. <laughs> I was like, gosh, dang, I love that beer. That beer is so good. And then we can't get none of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Trez. Trez is in the house. Cheers, homie. Trez. I think Trez is actually working, I'm thinking. Uh, Big Daddy said he would have went with the pear cinnamon. That's what the one. That's kind of what I was thinking, with. too. Yeah. Uh, I think the craft, craft beer depends on Actually, there's a, no, there's a three-statement uh, definition that the Brew Association uses for it. One of it is barrels. The other one is ownership. And then the other part is... Um, percentage of I can't remember offhand right now, but it's a percentage type thing as well. So yeah, but with the bells, if it's owned by the company they're owned by now and that's part of a macro, technically they're not craft beer anymore. So so like a wicked weed that's owned by Yeah, know, they're not they're not considered craft. They're not considered stuff. craft anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean technically Avery's not considered craft anymore either. Uh, Founders isn't really considered craft right. anymore because Founders is owned by uh, the same company that owns Avery. Um, New, I think New Belgium might have been under somebody too. So that's where it's starting to get blurred. It's like you have so many companies that are now under these subsidiaries. It's kind of like, how do you it's turn kinda... it away? But see, for the Brew Association, when they do stuff, they have festivals. They do. You have to be a craft brewery to be invited to stuff. So I don't necessarily agree with that part of it because it's like just because you you're owned by a major company, if they leave you alone, like supposedly Wicked Weed, yeah, they might have the backing of a little more money to do things or whatever, experimental beers or whatever. Like I don't, mm -hmm. like I don't know why. As long as they're not, you know, mass manufactured, like a Budweiser or a Miller Lite or whatever. Like why, you know, why is that? Just because they're owned by them. No, I mean, does that make sense? Like, why is that not still considered? Crap? Like, you're penalizing them when they're a success. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. The thing. yeah, so for the craft brewery definition, you have to be under 6 million barrels of beer a year that you're actually doing. You have to be independent. Less than 25% of the craft brewery is owned or controlled um, by a beverage alcohol industry member that itself is not considered craft beer. And... What was the other thing? There was a third thing. I'm trying to look on here. On that second part, like with um, Bells, they're under someone that does not meet that definition. They may have changed the definition again because I only see the two things actually here. Small, independent. Yeah, the other thing is a brewer have a, has a TTB brewer's notice and makes beer. Whatever that's supposed to be. So they may have switched it up again here recently because it used to be three things that were a part of it. I only see really those two now dealing with that. So again, this is set this is set by the association. So yeah. take that with a grain of salt. I think it's just a, I think it's just a, such a fine line, I think, for like if it's not coming straight off of a line that's manufactured like a macro is just hundreds and thousands upon thousands of beers a day like yeah. most craft breweries even like a probably like a stone or sierra nevada they probably aren't putting out that kind of output you know what well, I mean? still, yeah well, still puts under the number of barrels right but I, they, yeah. they were under somebody i think now too though yeah yeah well that's what i'm saying like i don't know that i don't necessarily think that should automatically disqualify them as being a craft beer yeah 
Well, even Gilbert mentioned having a Kona, and Kona isn't considered craft beer because of who they're under. So, again, this is the association pushing out their guidelines. Um, Kona is under, um, I don't think it's AB and Bev, I think it's somebody else that they're under. But they're considered, yeah. So, like, if you pull it up on Untapped, it'll say Macro Brewery next to it. They're in, they're the one, they're in California, right? Uh, Hawaii. Well, Hawaii. Oh, okay. They're based oh, yeah. out of Hawaii, but yeah. but they, I think they moved a brewery. They might have brewery in the mainland now, but Hawaii is what they're initially out of. Might not, maybe I was thinking somebody, but Kona, yeah, Kona is one of them for sure. But who's yeah. the other one thinking of? Uh, I was thinking California for some reason. What beers? Is I can't think of any names of the beer now. <laughs> They probably were stale at that time when they destroyed them and stuff. Um, the beers <laughs> on the board. Because they were probably like, you know, macro beers and stuff. But they let them sit around, right? So they could have been drinking them the whole time, you know? Like, what did you do to stockpile these, you know, adult lagers? Yeah, you wouldn't want to have them at that point. Uh, cracked open a Schofferhoff or watermelon mint heffy. Nice. Oh, that does sound good. Schofferhoff mm. does some pretty good stuff. I actually like their Rattler. So, watermelon mint. That's interesting. That's for like a summer tonight. Yeah, you guys are there in that heat there in Chicago. Chicago. Pass, big Daddy's passing on the Haggis. The Chicago guys are not going for the Haggis. Yeah, right no, 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 never mind. <laughs> what if they put it on a hot dog? They make the Chicago style hot dog and just put a little bit of Haggis Ooh, on there. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> make it like bacon or something. It's National Rock Fear Month. Isn't that every month for you, though, JT? I know it's for me. Anytime I see a good one, I grab it. The good ones survive and thrive. The not-so-good ones just don't. So sometimes those not-so-good ones get bought, and then they go out. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone got a price, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's some that don't want to do it, but I think at some point, you know, you get to a level, you might say, okay, it's time to go ahead and sell out the business or whatever, or bring someone else. And I know like the new Belgium, when they did it, they were kind of fighting that because new Belgium was an employee owned company before they went under their new deal. But all the remaining employees that were there, got a really nice package for um, the deal to make it go into the other company too. So they were rewarded for uh, selling under to the new company. I mean, I think if I had a brewery and it was success, I mean, after a point, I probably would. Somebody put enough zeros out there that was interesting enough and just like. I mean, isn't that sort of the point of opening your own business is to make the money? So if somebody's willing to pay for it, like. Well, some want to do it just to kind of be that social well, no. aspect type thing, too. You know, like I mean, some crap. Too, yeah. But I mean, in the, the ultimate goal in the end is to somewhat make some money out of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Just because they sell doesn't mean they can't start up another brewery and just do the same thing, you know? Unless they they sign something that says they can't do that. As we pull in our ceremoniously Joe Dirt line, you know, right now, you know, we don't work for UNICEF, right? So maybe one day, (laughs) but right now you owe us this amount for you for this car. (laughs) I haven't watched Joe Dirt in a long time. I ain't seen that much. back up there. I thought you had a hammy. I do, but it's getting a foot the foot pedal installed. <laughs> uh, that's probably David Spade's best movie ever that he's ever done. A lot of his movies aren't that great, but that was probably one of the funniest ones 
Well, that one, and well, I don't know if you can say David's Grace so much, but Tommy Boy. Well, Tommy and Tommy Boy together. Yeah. I'm just saying with him being the main focus. Like oh, Tommy, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Him and Tommy Boy was a classic. And yeah, yeah. People say, well, you got Black Sheep, but Black Sheep was like Tommy Boy, except it was in politics. It wasn't that much of a difference yeah. between those two working together. So, yeah, the whole lot, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we all got the whole fat guy and the little coat just etched in our mind. There'll never be anything to replace that, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can pull that off better than Chris Farley. <laughs> Dork Richard, what did you do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> some good ones in that one. Yeah, there's a lot of good lines in that one. What do you think is probably the most quotable movie you think you've ever seen? Most quotable? Oh, oh, oh Santa's is, is Santa's around, but she doesn't want to come on camera. <laughs> Christ. Uh, the one about Jesus Christ, Passion of the Christ? <laughs> Just say super. I said Passion of the Christ. You said the one yeah. about oh, Jesus. Passion of the Christ. No, but there's, oh. there's a really good one on um, Netflix, and it's got Rose Byrne and Steve Carell in it. And it's like a political show, but it's really good. It was very political. It wasn't something about Jesus, though. No, was I'm it? talking about two different movies. Oh, see, he's confusing me there. But if you can't remember them, can either be the most quotable? Because that's really the I most quotable right. you remember. It's a, movie, it, it, it's a good political movie, though. It's it's like a, I can't tell you because I'll give it away, but it's really good. It's like primary colors, but funny. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's more lighthearted than that. The most quotable movie. Like big, like like Big Daddy said, Pulp Fiction. Like Pulp Fiction got a lot of great quotes in there. Yeah. Bring out the bring out the gimp. Realities. Five hour milkshake. I mean, it's got a lot of good stuff in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that is a good one. All right, one more. <laughs> oh, oh, you sending a wolf? Roe versus Wade. Yes. Name as, one as quote a, from as a movie. Oh, a mo- that's what he was talking about. Was oh. quote, the most quotable quote, movie. Movie. Sorry. What do you think? She, what do you think he was saying? No, I wasn't talking about politics. She, she thought you said most political <laughs> movie. That's what I was like. What do you mean? Most quoted movie. I was like, name one question. Like, I don't know. Like, Roe versus Wade. Who's quoting that? Shannon being Shannon. <laughs> Five or six after building a business. Yeah, so that can definitely happen. I'm trying to think. You always say, kiss some in Bad Dog 2020 she'll get on cam. <laughs> <laughs> Did you show her a picture of the Bad Dog 2020 cans I sent you? Yes. You to show, yeah. <laughs> no, no, thanks. No, thanks. I'm, I'm out. <sighs> Farley died before he was supposed to be featured in a film about Fatty Arbuckle. It haunts me in that in my mind. It was, oh, it would have been genius. Yeah. For me, the most quotable movie, I've got a few. Um, Obviously, Tombstone is up there. Yeah, oh um, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Josie yeah. Wells is up there. Um, I can go. I can go with Big Daddy, Pulp Fiction, Casino, Goodfellas, um, Scarface, Scarface, Old School, oh, Wedding, old school. Sure, wedding yeah. Crashers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like the list is going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's just some that kind of just can carry on. As you said, Tommy Boy, that's another one. Joe Dirt, 
I enjoy Forrest that Gump, all the time. I think would be one. Forrest Gump's another one. Jaws, all the stuff from Jaws there. Um, yeah, there's a good amount of them that you know, well, are out like, there. Full like Metal Rocky. Jacket, Full Metal Jacket's another one's got some good quotes like in it. The original Rocky would be. Yeah. Although I would do Rocky yeah. Three. Rocky Three is more no. quotable for me. I like some of the lines from Mr. T. I think were oh yeah, were Rocky yeah. Three. Yeah. But Rocky Four too with Drago, I will break him. Um, those are kind of the ones that jump out to me right now, yeah. as far as ones um, that are pretty good. Lethal Weapon has some pretty ones back in there, but I haven't watched Lethal Weapon in a long time. But Goodfellas, yeah, Gilbert, I said there too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I want my money, Henry? <laughs> Mario, you'll get your money. <laughs> go get your shine box yeah yeah goodfellas is just all there like it's funny when we flew to florida we flew delta so delta had the different videos on there like the different tvs on the back of your seats or on the wall like we're in the front and you can watch any movie you wanted to you put the headphones and all kind of stuff like goodfellas was one of the movies on there and so janice loves goodfellas so i started the movie up and then i was like laughing i was like i hit her on the shoulder like look she's like they got good fellas, and then she started watching. <laughs> 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 it was like the part Harry. Ever since I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster, and that just like sets off the whole movie. So yeah. So I started watching um, Tulsa King last night. That's on Paramount Plus. I haven't started watching it yet. I got to record that. I need oh, to. it's so good! It's so good. <laughs> when you said that, it made me think of that because not giving away too much. Like uh, Sylvester Stallone, you know. Right, he gets re he gets relocated there. Yeah, yeah. So he was in prison. So times he was in prison for like twenty five years. So times passing by, he doesn't know really know what like a cell phone is and different things. So when he gets shipped out to Tulsa, he had there's a cab driver that picked him up, and it was like a twenty five. I think he was like twenty five year old black guy, mm -hmm. and he kept calling him. So when he was driving around, he kept saying, "Oh, that's gangster. That's gangster." <laughs> And Sylvester Stallone was getting pissed at him because he was like, because you know he was in the mafia or whatever. So he was thinking, don't, don't you ever say that again? Don't you say gangs? He didn't realize that he was just kind of, and he was like, whoa, whoa, and the, the driver's like, whoa, 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 I'm not, I'm not making fun. It's like, it's just the same. Like calling you gangsta is like, that, you know, because he's still he's learning like, this. He's learning it. Just, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, then he goes on to hire him as his main driver because he got shipped out there. To that's there's some funny part. It's it's pretty good. I'm I'm like halfway through it now. Yeah, Best no, I got, I got, I got, I got to watch that still. Definitely watch it for sure. Up, yeah, me so horny. That was a uh, Full Metal Jacket there. Yeah, UGI. Oh, Full Metal. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a good one too. Anything you want. Yeah, need a bigger boat, Jaws. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because we we'll watch some stuff like she'll get mad when we watch like Josie. If I'm watching Josie Wilson like that and everything, and I'll just be sitting there. Say the lines, or he's saying them, and she's Say like, gonna, "If you're gonna do the lines, why are you even watching it anymore?" <laughs> right. I'm like, "Because that's the fun of it. It's like Rocky Horror. You know, you talk in front of it, and you just know everything with it." So, Buzzer's got to eat too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, do you know what the Mandela effect is? If so, how's it affected your life and history? Mind the four logos extremely strange to me. I do not recognize it. Haven't been that way. I'm trying to think of the Mandela effect because I'm thinking of the, my mind thinks of the butterfly effect. 
Right, right. Where, and the butterfly flaps its wings and how it does the whole transformation. Let's see, Mandela effects. Situation where it's a large mass of people believe that an event occurred when it did. Yes. So the Mandela effect is like, um, what movie was it? Um, oh, shoot. There was a movie that people think an actor did a role in, but he actually never did. I can't remember which one it is now. Um, uh, I know. It's just, yes. I know what you're uh, talking about. And they're like, well, someone, so it was just Sinbad. No. Yeah. It was, uh, I think it was Sinbad as a genie, but he never had a genie role, but everybody thinks he did this genie role one time. Let me take a look here. Or where you think there was something, yeah, something to happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, false memory. It appears that Sinbad genie phenomenon is another instance of the Mandela effect in a formal term for a collective false memory. The term was called coined by a woman who discovered that she and hundreds of other people believed and remembered that Nelson Ruana Mandela had died in prison in the 80s. That's where it came from. But there was a movie where people thought Sinbad played a genie, but he, it never happened. But people swear that he was actually a genie in the movie. And so, let me pull it up here. I've seen those, like, as far as what Emerson was saying, like the logo, whatever. I've seen those, like, logos of, like, which is the correct and which is what you thought it might have been, and everything. right, and like most so of the here's time, the, you the wrong one because that's what you thought it was. Like this right here, like, and it was like this thing that never actually happened, I guess. But people thought they swore they saw the movie or whatever. But this was like one of the biggest Mandela effect falsehoods out there. Like Sinbad never did this movie or something. Where you was this genie? It was somebody? Something else? It was. It's weird. It is, it is weird how that happened, though. Like, yeah, so many people just follow. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. And it's like, no, it never did happen. But okay. Yeah, but I think that was probably one of the biggest things I actually remember. Um, I do remember that. And actually, say that as as like a, a false thing. I can't think of anything else that really I could think of that affected me or. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that. yeah. Anything that's like that that's ever really affected my life or history of anything. Aubrey's in the house. Cheers, Aubrey. Aubrey. Great to see you, my friend. Happy Thursday to you. Yeah, I've got to go now. Hey, you too. Tell Liz, have a great weekend as well. Great having you on, my friend. Liz, have a good one. Uh, what you got here is a fine specimen of Alabama's. See, now we're into the full metal jacket lines. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what is that? What the fuck is that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it's a jelly donut. A jelly donut. <laughs> you eat it. They are, you know, what did he say? He like, he's like, you eat it. They, you, something you've earned or didn't earn, whatever he makes the guys do the push ups and makes him eat the donut and he stand there. Yeah, that leads to a bad beat down in the middle of the night, but then that breaks them, man. Private pile. You eat it, they're earning it. That's what the line is. Luke, your father never happened. Empire Strikes Back. What do you mean it never happened? Luke, I'm your father. That was in the movie, right? I thought it was too. At, at the end, 
I'm pretty sure that was there. Because they did it in Tommy Boy. When he's in the fans, like, Luke, I am your father. That could be the Mandela effect. Maybe, maybe. Luke, I am your father. Yeah, that's part of the movie. Yeah, it's on, it's on here. We'll bring it up and ask and say, was Luke, I am your father ever in Empire Strikes Back? Oh, it says, you, may have, you must have heard the famous phrase attributed to Darth Vader in Episode 5 of Star Wars Saga, which was at number two because it was sick. Now, don't get into the whole number thing. It was Empire Strikes Back. Revealing to Luke Skywalker that he was his father. Luke, I am your father. However, the fact is the phrase was never said in this way. Oh, Oh, there Ever you go. since Shocked is there. Nice. There you go. Oh, let me see here. And it says in a quick search, you can find the original scene of the film, in which it's possible to observe that the phrase spoke is, in fact, no, I am your father. Uh, really? There you go. See, everybody says, Luke, I am your father. Mandela effect there. Um, now, in fact, like I said, it was even in Tommy Boy because he said that. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, you think back to if you were a kid, you ever saw the movie Snow White? People think the queen, when she addresses the mirror, says mirror, mirror. Fact is, she says magic mirror on the wall when she starts. She doesn't say mirror, mirror on the wall. Yeah, I could see where that wouldn't be confused a little bit. But, yeah, so it's one of those things where you don't know. Well, everybody thinks she said mirror, mirror, but in fact, right, she said right. magic mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Emerson said there are thousands of them. Yeah, Kazam by Shaq. I confused them bad. That's what it was. Yeah. Kazam was Shaq, which I wish Shaq, I think Shaq probably wishes people didn't remember him playing that role, but <laughs> and he's probably okay with people thinking it was Simbad, but that was a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right she took right right. Silver leg. <laughs> silver leg. What is it? <laughs> Shane wrote you a note here. Instead of reading it, I'll just I'll just put it up here. She wrote a note. Let me pull it up here. Do you? Yeah, please participate in the next Thursday show. I promise I'll be good, girl, and try to find something beer related to talk about. <laughs> Why does she have to ask me? Of course she can come on with a little heart. <laughs> I feel like I've just not been very very valuable part of this team of lately. So people people love having you on. Okay. They're, they're always asking yeah. about you all the time. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. tell her that all the time. She's like, well, I don't have nothing to say about beer. She always feels like she derails. Tell her she missed a Bud Light conversation. She would have had a lot of stuff to say. I know. There, I sure. was in the tub. I was really bummed out about that. <laughs> <laughs> give me a I tried bed. to fill in for you a little bit yeah. on that. But. You see me out? If they have Bud Light, I'm drinking Bud Light. That's what I told him. I said you were like, fill the fridge with Bud Light now instead of Miller Light. Yep. Just because. <laughs> I don't want nobody thinking that I'm not on top <laughs> You House guests drink beers to make me know you're a redneck, and I can drink beers <laughs> to tell you I'm woke. <laughs> yeah. I'm woke. Yeah. House guests was Sinbad, great movie. I don't know if I saw House Guests, but I tell you one that was a good movie with Sinbad was uh, the one with him and Arnold Schwarzenegger for the Christmas movie they did. Um, Jingle All the Way, I think that was a pretty good one with Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was a good one. I was uh, I, that was a good one. Yeah. But I, when I was gonna say when I was younger, talking about quotable movies, one of the movies that was always good to quote. This was like back in the coming out of the eighties and the nineties. It was like because um, you're talking about prison, we about forty eight hours. Like he's always quote like forty eight hours and oh, yeah. singing to Roxanne and stuff like that and everything. <laughs> Oh, all the Eddie Murphy lines and he's in the club and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) New sheriff in town, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. It makes me want to go back and watch that now. Oh, it's still still funny. I don't know. It might be like, I don't know know if people be offended by it now or not. I'm trying to think back on the movie itself. I don't think there was anything really. I don't know. I don't think Nothing so. To be, I remember yeah. being well. I mean, that was back then too. So I don't know. Maybe it is. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> kind of ready to go back and watch it just to see. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's still pretty good though. I enjoy it. So it's like people go back and they try to dissect stuff that was done at a different time, and it's like, yeah, there's stuff that's. You know, there's some stuff that was done that was definitely not great stuff. If you're going back and looking at things like, you know, um, Birth of a Nation or something like that, you know, that was just like, you know, having that like shown in the White House like that was just not not a good good call. Right. But you can't go back and like break up like Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles is the funny thing about Blazing Saddles was making fun of how the ignorance was in America, right? It was picking apart stuff or like history of the world. It was just uh that's a good one too. Make, make a fun of stuff. Yeah, that's very quotable yeah. blazing yeah. saddles. Yeah. No, did yeah. we say uh Happy Gilmore? That had some good lines in it also. Yeah, Happy Gilmore would be another one. Yeah. That would be definitely another one there. Adam Sandler's got some pretty funny, funny movies. I need to watch his uncut gem, so I never watched it. I always heard that was pretty good. I haven't watched it either. I've got it on the list. I want to see that. I'm afraid it was good also. Yeah. And then the last one he long, just did. Two and a half hours long or something. Yeah. And it just came out with the um it's at the theaters now. I don't know if you're gonna put an HBO Max or something like that in here next month or something, but I do want to see Air, the Michael Jordan story. Oh yeah. I do want to see that. Great to see Chris Tucker back out there doing it again too. So Trying to think, yeah, I feel, I mean, it probably it probably will be like what forty five days, whatever the deal is. Yeah, forty five days, and they usually put it on. I'm trying to make, make big trouble, little China's nightmare idea to do it. Well, Hollywood will do it if they can get money out of it. But right, I feel man. like there's no need to remake Big Trouble in Little China. I think it just some movies you just don't need to touch. You don't need to come back out and do stuff on. I think they were just as good as they actually were meant to be and just do you want like a thing like would you remake a plane trains and automobiles now there'd be no need to remake that it was great with steve martin and john candy why would somebody want to remake it but give them time and i'll probably try to remake a new one uh for that movie as well yeah phil hartman was hilarious too so another one of those people that you know you gone too soon and the situation there, but uh he was he's always been excellent. He was excellent on TV and in the movie roles that he actually played. He was probably one of my favorite people on Saturday Night Live when you know when you look at the roster of people that had come through there 
Eddie Murphy, Phil Hartman, Chris Farley um, are probably like some of my favorite ones that actually were parts of that ensemble. Um, if you go back, Gilda Radner, she was one of my favorites on there. Uh, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd. So, but yeah, but Phil Hartman was, he was hilarious to actually watch growing up. Absolutely got to see air. Yeah, I want to. It's on, like I said, it's on the list to go check out. And, you know, I don't know if people get burned out of Ben Affleck or Matt Damon or something like that, but I feel like they make some pretty good movies and stuff when they put stuff out. So they actually have a pretty good eye for things. And I feel like I'm always entertained when I'm watching the stuff they're doing. But having him in there with Chris Tucker and some of the other cast, I think it'll be pretty solid. I still got to see John Wick 4, though. I want to see John Wick 4, but I kind of want to wait to see if they do a director's cut. So John Wick 4, I think it was three hours that got released. The original cut they did was three hours and 45 minutes, which is long for a movie. But I feel like for John Wick 4, I'd be in it for the 345 just to watch it all the way through because... It's, I, I, I think that's one of my favorite series over the last decade or so to watch. As far as movie series go, the John Wick series have been phenomenal. Yeah, that's a good I, Yeah, I agree with that one. That's a good one. Yeah. I didn't realize that last one was that long. Well, the last one the last one's three. But it was last one is three hours, but the original cut when they did it was 345. So I'm trying to see if they want to release a director's cut before I see it, because I like to see the full version. It's kind of like they did the Justice League, and then it came out later with the Zack Snyder cut, which was a lot better. I kind of want to see if going to be a better John Wick cut. Yeah, because it was, what, four and a half hours or something like that, the Justice League? Uh, when it got the Zack Snyder one? Yeah. It was like, it was, no, it actually ran less than that. It was about, um, I'm going to say it's it just over, about, just over three, I think, or something. Oh, was it really? I was yeah. thinking it was over for like four hours or something. I think it was shorter than what people were expecting there. Okay. Yeah, for some reason. Maybe that was one of those uh, effects also. It was like, oh, maybe it was, I thought it was over four hours. Yeah. But you know what? A good movie, a good movie, you don't even realize time sometimes. It was really good. Like, right. That's like I, I remember when Quentin Tarantino, when they came out with Grindhouse, and it was um, the invaders for space and then there was the kurt russell one the uh, death proof we saw oh, it at the theater and it was together so it was four hours but now they separate in two different films but when we saw the theater you were so enthralled in it even you had like a little intermission in between that you were good to go you know watching them both it was, it was just that good of directing and writing stuff done I never, I don't know that I've ever actually seen all the way through both of those. Yeah, the Death Proof is actually pretty good. Um, uh, well, both of them are decent, but Death Proof I liked more because it was more the car racing and the stunts they were doing, and the fact that they weren't actually using CGI; they were actually using true stunt people, like the old seventy type action flicks and everything. Like that it was pretty cool how they were doing stuff on it. I remember when they came out; it was highly acclaimed, you know, got a lot of praise for it. Yeah. I heard they're actually going to be making a heat too. I'm not sure how they're going to be kind of doing that, what they're going to be doing with that one, because if it's going to be something like 
a second generation or for something where Pacino's yeah. dealing with something. Because I'm thinking in, in the original Heat, obviously a couple of the characters don't make it. And so I don't know how they're going to be doing setting that all up. So. And then. Uh, but Heat was a good movie when it came out. Oh, Heat, yeah, Heat was really good. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. Was it Ray Liotta and not in Heat, but the uh No, Heat was uh Patino, De Niro, Val Kilmer. No, it was one before that when you was talking about. For um for Heat. You mentioned one. I forgot what it was we were talking about now. I can't I remember now. But it was in that one. <laughs> I can't uh, remember right now. I mean, <laughs> My mind is moving forward to the next thing already. Yeah. <laughs> Uncut Gems is great. Emerson said, I love the Sandman because it took care of all his pieces of SNL for 30 years. Last week, that was Taylor Mark Twain Award. It's awesome. Cause, yeah, I saw part of the Mark Twain Award ceremony, and that was pretty cool seeing that as well, him getting honored. And that is cool. Like One thing with Adam Sandler, he does work in a lot of his friends or fellow um, actors are committed to a lot of the stuff he does and yeah. you know those people are definitely able to he brings them along which is great it's kind of like the lebron james of acting you know lebron james has his friends that work with him and stuff that he brought to the nba with him and adam sandler does it with stuff for guys that might not have had that opportunity without him he gets them in the spotlight on different things and i was gonna say a lot of those good stuff if they weren't his friends they you would never seen him in anything yeah yeah, I would definitely say uh, Wichicon probably got a little bit longer of a run on things because of that. Um, uh, Rob, uh, was it Deuce Bigelow guy? Oh, Rob Schneider. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> being one of Adam Sandler's buddies and getting those little stuff kept his career going for sure. Because the other people that are doing it kind of more like bit type players, you know. But I also feel like what's the one? What's that one dude that was well, was in uh, Waterboy? The one like the cross-eyed guy. Yeah, he gets he gets some of the stuff too. He's in all the Adam Sandler movies all the time. I'm like, that dude probably would have never. Well, him and and a dude that was a quarterback was in the movies as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Big Daddy? Big Big Daddy was a Big Daddy was a quotable movie when he did that one at the time. Yeah. But I guess when I think of the quotable movies, it's the. The ones that are long lasting ones. Hey, you gotta also got Dirty Harry. You know, you can't forget Queens with Dirty Harry movies. Like that's always a classic. But the ones that stood the test of time, that's really what makes them kind of stand out. And then they get into like the American lexicon of phrases and stuff. You know, it goes out of the movie enough that it becomes a phrase, you know. It's kind of like when Valley Girl came out and phrases come out of the Valley Girl movie became you know, American, just regular dialect. Yeah. Gag me with a spoon. Yeah. (laughs) It's like people were putting like in front of things all the time. You know, it was just like. That's going to resurface again because I noticed like our daughter and some of her friends for the last few years, everything's like, 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 like. I'm like, yeah. Really? (laughs) Bring them back up from this, from the 80s. Animal House was classic. Animal House had some definitely there. Um, 
as well. Because <laughs> everybody's an animal. One of the first things that always pops in my head is when they show up and um, Otis is singing. And as everybody gets in the hole, and well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, pops in your head there. That and then like the, uh, I always remember, it wasn't a line, but the John Belushi on the ladder when he's like peeking into the window and he's like just do, do. <laughs> like going across the ground. <laughs> Animal House is a fun foo fight, you know. Toga, like people chanted Toga. I mean, college people were chanting yeah. Toga when we were. Oh there yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, the guitar scene alone, again, not a line, but just a guitar scene with the guy singing on the steps. He just breaks the guitar. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, there's a lot of classics in that one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the whole the whole World War Two <laughs> when the Nazis bound bomb Pearl Harbor, <laughs> Pearl Harbor. <laughs> oh, that's some good stuff for sure. Yeah, that's some old good classic movies. Just sit back and watch some of them and laugh some more. Your brother Simone was like, I need to go back and watch some of those. Yeah, yeah. And then you're not even talking about like the numerous Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, right? So you had like Predator, you had um, Running Man, you had um, Ravenite Terminator. Terminator. Um, what was the one? He was the Marine as well. He was a Marine a lot of them, I know. But the oh, one, um, yeah, it was that Commando. Commando. Man. Yeah, he Commando stuff. Yeah. Kindergarten cop. I mean. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kindergarten cop. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. Boys have penises. Girls have <laughs> Got a better lesson than Shannon did, right? It wasn't wasn't uh, Ben Snyder's and Tallywhackers. So, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny as kid lines. That's another thing, right? So I was like, <laughs> what did he say? And um, Big Daddy, he was like. But I wipe my own ass. Like that's one of the funniest kid lines. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was Aqua Steve or whatever? It would be Aqua Steve. Aqua Steve get a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's funny. I must see a stupid a futile gesture based on Doug Kenny. Brought us most of the comedy in the seventies, eighties, had it alive, and genius that went overlooked. Must see TV. Oh, interesting. See, I always hear like what's it called gets the credit was had it alive a lot of times. Um, Michael, uh, I forgot the name, the guy's last name that does had it live now, but stupid and futile gesture. Okay. Hmm. Oh, you're th- you're thinking of uh, who's who's the uh, Michael La- Michael Lauren. <laughs> Yeah, Lauren. Yeah, see, like I thought he was the one that gets a lot of the credit there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I know he's like the head of it. Was he the main guy at the start of it? I don't know. That's a good 
Well, he's still the he's like the head of it now, still I think. Yeah. So uh, I think he has been for most of the time, but maybe wasn't the original. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's been like one of the longest running shows in history now, right? Like, if not the at, least, at least at least here in the states. I mean, I think the longest running show in history is like Doctor Who, which is like fifty years or something. But oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that goes back into the 60s. It might be 60 years now um, when they had the first Doctor Who type thing. Dang, my man. wife my wife still watches that once in a while, but I used to watch it when I was younger and stuff, and then I kind of went to different stuff. But, I mean, they do make some intriguing shows with it. Is it still on, like, new shows now? Yeah, it still does the new shows and stuff like oh, wow. that. I think here in the States we get it. It's usually like a Christmas special, and then it starts up the next season or something. So, okay. but we get it delayed from when the time they showed in the UK. It's like six months later or something they showed over here. Except for the Christmas special, it's usually say, I've time. Never watched it before. Yeah. <laughs> Every Christmas one was stolen from that. Yeah, National Lampoon tied into it for sure. Oh, <laughs> then you got the quote movie like Vacation, right? That's National Lampoon's Vacation. Ultimately, a crazy oh, yeah, movie. Yeah. Christmas Vacation, Christmas Vegas Vacation, vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Van Wilder, all the National Lampoon type things. Yeah. Would there be a new return? You know, E.T. would be something. I would be surprised if they did like a remake to it for a new generation of that. I don't know if you would need to. I mean, I feel like now with E.T., they kind of watered it down already because like when we saw it, when I saw it as a kid, I saw it at the theater. And like when the police were chasing them and stuff like that, like they pulled their guns out. I guess on the new version, they don't pull their guns out or something like that. They don't show them the guns. It's like a whole bunch of, it's kind of like made it just like, uh, yeah. 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 So even ET, they've adjusted. It's like, why? It was like a PG movie from back You're then. Right. So, yeah. Right. I didn't realize they did that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like a newer version you're talking about how that was all done there. But that was a classic. I mean, third close encounters of the third kind could be another one they could redo, I guess, with the technology they have now. But then again, like, do you want to do a redo of it because it was such a good yeah, I feel like classic yeah. movie? Jaws is one. You're right. I feel you like know. some of those, like, yeah, you could probably make them better, but are they really better? Like they still the originals still hold up today, you know? It's like Yeah. You may have more of the technological things for them or you know the green screens and everything like they didn't have back then it's like okay yeah maybe but kind of takes away from the nostalgia of the movie yeah yeah i agree yeah there's some things like you know like you wouldn't need to do like a a new smoking a bandit i mean it's like that old one did it justice of course like there's some people i've heard like thought that would like kind of not as great now like as far as like some of the stuff they the jokes stuff they didn't but it's like that was the time of, right. the, of the event and stuff yeah. like that yeah. yeah so you can't replace Jackie Gleason I mean that was just he was the perfect one in that role there you know him and Burt Reynolds so yeah sometimes we make too many remakes yeah I don't, that'd be a shame to, to remake some of those classics like why yeah. Like it's an injustice to remake. Yeah, yeah. 
I know one old movie I wouldn't mind. I need to go back and watch again because I haven't seen it in years when I was a kid. It was one of my favorite movies. It was Convoy. That was with the the trucker. I don't know if you ever saw that oh, or yeah. not, but oh, yeah. Chris Christopherson and yeah, it was yeah, and it's just I love like that one. I remember that one as a kid. Yeah, yeah, Rubber Ducky, him and uh, Ali McGraw, whatever. Yeah, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Bill Murray said it best: it dilutes the original picture. Yeah, it's kind of like you know you're going back doing the remakes and stuff, and you're trying to change it for new times. Just make a new movie, come up with a new idea, do something different. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Passion or redoing. Or instead of doing a remake, do a twist off the old movie type thing. You mean you can do like some of these movies that have done like a generation down the line where now it's the son or grant like the Ghostbusters thing. I didn't see the new Ghostbusters movie, but they did it where I guess the guy was like the grandchild or son of the old Ghostbusters, right? So it wasn't like you were retelling it as them being the Ghostbusters, but it was like a new generation that was able to kind of do it that way. Or kind of or kind of like the Christmas story. Yeah, kind of Christmas like Christmas story. story. Yeah, yeah. Just generation, you know, it was the kid there, and now he's the main. It was kind of, to me, it was kind of the same story, but it was different, you know. Yeah. Because, but, yeah, there should be more <laughs> things like that than rehashing. No, I will say, Emerson, I don't know if they would feel comfortable Doing a remake of Cannonball Run, I'm pretty sure there'll be some offensive stuff in there that might bother some people, but the original was <laughs> hilarious. So, yeah. <laughs> but they could do a new Cannonball type run. Like, so we could actually, you know, discover how they had the old Cannonball Run race and take some of the celebrities of today to form a new Cannonball Run movie. And that way you're not doing a remake, you're doing an extension off of it. And then you can have whoever might be alive, maybe making some cameo type appearances. I think that would be a good idea. I don't even know if people are still alive from the old Cannonball Run. Probably not. Maybe Probably. not. Well, I remember Burt Reynolds gone, Dom DeLuise gone, Sammy Davis gone, Dean Martin gone. So there's probably younger people on there that might be around. I think Lonnie Anderson, is she still alive? I don't know if she's still alive or not. Uh, I think so. I think she was in it. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Now that you said that, I'm not really sure. Yeah, the Gumball Rally still exists today. Yeah. And they should just make an, ex- make an extension off of it. You know. Let's see. Poltergeist was Poltergeist is another quotable movie. Carol Ann go into the light. Oh yes, I had uh Roger Moore. Gone. <laughs> Bear Fawcett. Gone. I think she's gone. Maybe. Question mark. Yeah, no, I'm not sure of that one either. Yeah, Dom DeLuise, like I said. Gone. Martin, Sammy Davis. Terry Bradshaw was in it, and he's still he's still, oh, he's still around. Yeah, yeah, he got Terry. He won't know where he's at, but he's still around. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you could do something along those lines, but that would be kind of a fun thing to actually put out there, maybe. Yeah. 
Sorry, right, I thought Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, I think we're like at 1121, probably get ready to wrap it up here as well. And, uh, hell, I didn't even didn't realize Jackie Chan was in Kingdom Ball. Oh, yeah, he wasn't. He's still, yeah, he was still viable to do something. He could actually be the one to pass it on to others. Actually, actually, that would be a bad plot. Have Jackie Chan as one telling a story about the Cannonball Run, this like his family, and then his kids or grandkids come up with the idea to redo the Cannonball Run, and they get like a lot of the newer actors team up in the movie. So, yeah, that, that's why Hollywood should call me on these ideas. Peter Fonda, he's he's gone. I think Burt yeah. Convy's dead, I believe. Yeah. A lot of yeah. Mel Tellus, he's he's yeah, gone. gone. <laughs> Everybody in that movie except for Jackie. Because he was young enough, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I forgot because he had like his car was like this technology type wonder that he had. So, yeah, Jackie Chan, another good fun actor. Yeah. When was that? Oh, that was. Uh, let's see. When was that movie? It was 19, let's see, 1981. Yeah, I thought it was earlier than that even. I did too. All right, Big Daddy. Cheers, homie. Have a great night, my friend. We'll be signing off as well. About to order up the Sandman here. Yeah. 1981. Okay. Yeah, they can make some fun movies out there. 70s. Yeah. All right, Aubrey, appreciate you, my friend. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Yeah, we're going to sign off here, too, and got to get up and go to work in the morning. Damn that job. I didn't hit the Powerball yet, so got to go back in and clock in in the morning. <laughs> Mega Millions is tomorrow, so there's still a chance. Is it a big one for Mega Millions right now? Like 400 and something million, I think. Oh, I don't get into it to a billion, son. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. <laughs> no, I didn't know it was that high, actually. I don't know. I might stop by 7-Eleven and grab a ticket tomorrow. I wouldn't be mad if I won four hundred million, which I would get like probably like just don't one one fifty or something with the cash option, you know. Don't forget all those little people if you do. Yeah. <laughs> be like put in a little account, get three percent a year off of it, and be like, I'm out, son. Like they You're fell, right. I'm out. Peace. Be like, hey, okay. did, did Rock did Rock call in? Nope, he just didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> He's never showing up again. <laughs> Oh, like Harlem Nights. Yeah, I'm not coming home. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, y'all. Well, we're going to go ahead and get signed off here. Thanks for everybody that tuned in. As always, great to have you on board. And uh, hopefully, have always a little fun. Talk a little beer tonight. Give you guys a little bit of laughs as you head into Friday and for the weekend. Hope you got some good stuff planned. And we will definitely look forward to catching up with you guys here. Uh, next week that being said we are out and uh see you then